When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Mac B, the Wolf. And this is Action Jackson from the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Do you like Kiss? If you do, you should really listen to Tom and Zeus of Shout It Out Loud Cast. They know their stuff and they're funny as hell. Shout It Out Loud Cast. With Tom and Zeus. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial, radio dial, radio dial. You're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode 31. We're calling this one, Is the Shit I Eat for Breakfast? Which was, by the way, French Toast Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Going to really give me cancer? What if I do a shot of gasoline, then afterwards grab a little ass and then take her for a ride just once? And kind of push, push back past the issue. Would that take care of it? Tommy, Zeus, what do you think? I don't know. I, I Do we owe a debt of gratitude to our patrons? Because this is their pick. Don't yell at me, Sonny or Zeus, if you're not happy with this. We love our patrons. This is the quarterly Patreon pick Cinderella Night Songs. Woo! Yeah. Zeus was my back close. I'm back. Was that close? <laughs> I, I thought it was actually pretty good for, for I swear I was going to just compliment you, but my mind went to something else about the whole, you know, three or four times a day. And it's more like dropping hot ass three or four times a day rather than getting none of us are getting ass three or four times a day. I, as much as I want to give Sonny credit for the Tom Heaver back, it, let's be serious. It's not that hard to do. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, I can't wait because I know. Once again, Sonny's been playing coy. I'm predicting, we haven't heard him, we haven't said anything, that Sonny's going to love this album. That's my prediction. Desert Island Disc number one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, we had uh, a Guns N' Roses episode last month, and Sonny picked it dead last. <sighs> and uh, we got some feedback on whether he was brilliant in that assessment or a kiss tard in that assessment. I don't know. Let's uh, let's hear. We did a poll about the songs, right, Tom? We did. Yep. We did a poll. 
the top four songs that made it to the poll were You Could Be Mine, Estranged, Civil War, and 14 Years. Uh, to no surprise, You Could Be Mine ran away with this at 44%. Uh, Estranged at 31. That was a pleasant surprise for me, at least. Civil War at 20. 14 Years comes in at 5%. It is. Yikes. Uh, they had a lot of write-in votes for uh, a lot of people like pretty tied up. Um, a lot of people saying civil war is so underrated. It's t- so overrated, but that's just me. Um, let's see. Twisted Kister of these, you could be mine, then estranged, but for the album, it's probably locomotive or breakdown. Oh, My wor- genius. Who is that? <laughs> Twisted Kister. I can't believe I'm saying that genius. My world is the only dud and it's a big one and it's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> I got a man size like dud. It ain't a big one. <laughs> oh God. Uh let's see. A lot of, another couple write-ins for locomotives. Oh, and then we got Ken in Satan service with a meme of Fizzy. Yes. Don't he, forget he, about fake Izzy. Yeah. He there's a lot of comments on Fizzy. <laughs> um James Six Star said 14 years. Izzy is a great vocalist. He made playing guitar look cool and is one of the reasons I started playing. After we left GNR, I checked out. I preferred Velvet, Re- Velvet Revolver to Guns N' Roses without Izzy. Okay. I'm well, what are you comparing that to? Yeah. Spaghetti yeah. incident in fucking uh, Chinese democracy? Eh, I don't maybe. think there's much competition there. Yeah, Velvet Revolver is pretty awesome, especially that yeah, first but album. I'm just saying that yeah, yeah. without him, what else is there? Okay. Uh-oh. Checking in is Fat Vince is out of breath. He's got some things to say. <laughs> The fact that Sonny ranks this awesome album last and he picks Winger, Heat, and Poison is like a band rejecting Dio and instead picking the current version of me. By the way, I'm fat. By the way, I'm fat. What's wrong with the current version of Vince Nail? Jeez. Oh, and our buddy Tony from Restrained, who we forgot to thank for the intro music. Fuck. Yes, that I know. I know we can't get away, but he's got some comments here. So we'll see him on uh, at Creatures Fest. That's right. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, he says, I'm only on song two so far in this review, but holy shit, does 14 years suck? Oh, fucking jerk. That song is absolutely brutal in every way. I hate to agree with Sonny Pooney so much on this, but I like absolutely nothing about this song. Then he finishes up and says, I hate to say it again. I, I love how people. Eight agreeing with Sonny. It's like a crime against humanity <laughs> to agree with Sonny. <laughs> he goes, I hate to say it, but Sonny Pooney nailed this review. I like about three and a half songs on this record. The rest is shit. Such an overhyped and overrated band slashes MVP. Axel sings like fingernails on a chalkboard. Save that comment for later in this episode. Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, he says heat two. Is better than use your illusion. Yes, yes, yes. You know this comment that sticks out the most to me in that. What? Why does he call his best friend Sonny Pooney? Well, no, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm no, I'm oh, reading that because he's tagging it. My friend Tom Gelati. <laughs> no, 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 it's the Twitter tag that I'm reading. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, MD, I'm not sure what's longer, this episode or estranged. <laughs> Seriously, thanks for the reminder that Use Your Illusion should have only been one album. Don't get me wrong. I love Guns N' Roses. And I bought both, 
but man, is there some crap That's on a, both of them? I fucking hate when people say cut sh- albums down. Fuck that. He didn't say that. Uh, first of all, I'm I saying it. I agree with them. There is a ton of shit on both, but I oh, like both. Oh, no. I want all. I want That's, every bad song. You didn't, I said I, I like both albums and I like all 15 songs on each, but both have shit on them. I didn't say I wanted them cut out. Oh, no, no. But I'm saying the, the yeah. stupid comment is this running cut out of people that say, well, you know, uh, fucking Hot in the Shade has too many songs. No, it doesn't. All the songs that I would take out are not the songs you would take out. Give it all. If you call, if you're too fucking lazy, press the button on your phone and skip the fucking song. Sorry. I just say, Alexa, next. There, there you go. Oh, Alexa. That was my next. fucking thing. Stop saying that. Uh, all right. We'll finish up Twitter with our good friend, West Beach. I think I would have preferred a country album. Oh. I find Axel's voice much oh. like Getty Lee's grating, annoying, and hard to listen to. Dude. We'll see if your podcast changes my mind. This will be hard to top heat. <laughs> Oof. Dude, Getty Lee and Axel sound nothing alike. I think his point was they suck. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's what we got for uh, for Twitter, Zeus. What do we got on the book of face? Getty Lee. He is not a handsome man. Who, the witch? <laughs> He's got some new photos. He's out and about Getty Lean. He just got he's he got the hair be. back. He's he shouldn't got, be. Oh, he should he not. Should. I love him, but he should not be out. Oh, yeah. But if Getty was to, you know, talk to some of the people that are in this band, he would learn how to cover his face with his hair. You can't cover that nose. It's just too. It's just too much. He looks like one of the witches from fucking Clash yeah. of the Titans. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I love the guy. You know me. I'm a Rush guy, but God love you, Getty. You got a face for radio. Yeah, <laughs> you got a face for podcasts <laughs> and a body built for sin. Um, all right, over on uh, the Book of Face, Kevin Jepson, your buddy, uh, Sonny. Oh boy, trigger warning here. This is not. A Sonny Pony burner account Uh-oh. because everything he said is a hundred percent spot on. Whoa! You could be mine is the only great song on here. I love "Don't Cry," but this version sucks. Estrange. What the fuck is that disaster? Oh my god! Basically Jesus. all meh, and I absolutely love "Appetite." I don't get it. The banter you guys is hilarious as usual. Great listen. Beep beep. I tell is you, Jepson going to Preacher's Fest? Do we? He know? is. Yes, he is. Told, oh, yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> tell him to go up to fucking Peter. I'm sure he'll get close to him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. I tell you, one thing I learned about these ARC episodes. I've been. I live in like. I, I must be in some kind of bubble because I'm like, there are that many people that really fucking hate Guns and Roses. Oh, I, I, know. I can't. Believe- I didn't know. I didn't know that, that many people either. Too. It, it's like it's like when we started this podcast. I'm like, wait, there are people that don't like revenge. I don't get that. I don't know. It's it's weird what you learn. Or but anyways, people that like unmasked. Like me. I love it. All right. Brad Rustoven, who we will see at Creatures Fest as also, well. That's right. Yep. Uh, great pick, Zeus. Polarizing album. The most spot on thing Sonny said on the whole episode was, Estrange is not November Rain. Exactly. It's not. As Tom said, Estrange is light years better than November Rain. And is the best song on this album. Yeah, Brad. Regarding Knocking on Heaven's Door, it's a great song, but they weren't able to capture the live vibe in the studio. The live version from the Rich Show in 88 is classic. The best studio version of the song is by the band Heaven from 1985. Fantastic guitar solo as well. By the way, Zeus, you're right. 
Bob Dylan version plays faintly at the end of Lethal Weapon 2 as Riggs gets shot multiple times. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Is that before he called the cop sugar tits? He <laughs> <laughs> <I> smelled Gibson. <laughs> oh, God. Joe Decker. Yeah, Fusion Tech. Once again, I find myself agreeing with Sonny Pooney. I can't stand Guns N' Roses. Axel did the band no favors, being the total self-absorbed egomaniac that he is. I could look very happily the rest of my life, never hearing another gun song. That's incredible. We love you, Joe, but wow. Yeah. Um, I'm nervous about this episode we're doing now on Cinderella, because I tell you, Tom Kiefer is not that far removed from Axel Rose, but we'll, we'll save that for the, for the album. Mike Murphy, you're right. I'm going to spend the next few hours of my day trolling Fizzy Clark on all <laughs> social media accounts like any true gun tard would. Gun tard. Jesus. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, man. Let's go over to Loudcasters the Group. On Loudcasters the Group, um, somebody, our buddy Jack Pinocchio. Put a photo up. <laughs> it says that time I met Fizzy. <laughs> Got a picture of him and Gilby Clark. Well, oh, Gilby man. Clark. And then Mike Murphy takes it one step further. All time worst takes in music history. 1954. Stick to your day job. You're never going to make it as a singer. Radio host Eddie Bond to a young Elvis Presley. 1955. Rock and roll. It'll be gone by June. Variety magazine. 1955. 1962. We don't like their sound. The guitar music's on the way out. Dick Rowe of Decca Recording Company on the de- declining to sign the Beatles. 2022. Hold my beer. Sonny Pooney immediately before his ranking of used illusion too. During the April 2022 ARC episode. <laughs> That's a well-crafted message right there. I yeah. love it. See, but that polarization is so true. I think I've read more uh, praising Sonny so far. Oh, it's amazing. Sonny's the MVP so far of feedback. It's, yes. it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Our buddy Steve Wright says, get in the ring, motherfucker. <laughs> Nice one, Steve. My daughter has been playing. I can hear it when I go to my room. Uh-oh. Get in the ring. Use your illusion, too. And she actually said to me, Dad, I like the get in the ring song. <laughs> I'm father, father of the year. Father of the year that she likes get in the ring. I don't know. Oh, my God. But I love it because I keep hearing breakdown every time I go by. All right. A few people here are talking about... Uh, 
I, I mean, a couple of people made the same comments. I, I don't want to read everything, but about record store releases and the impact of this album and what it was like. And the nostalgia for that, you know, yep. it's too yep. bad. We don't have that anymore. Uh, Raymond Gallus. I like the fact that Hollywood Pooney will go against the grain to champion unsung or relatively unknown artists. But after listening to his selections, it reinforces the reason why these bands are unsung and unknown. (laughs) They aren't very good. Or in the case of heat have no identity, but his take on guns and roses gives me pause to ask, do you like guns and roses? (laughs) Just a terrible assessment. Wow. See? Yeah. (laughs) All over the map. I love I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, over on our YouTube, YouTube. Uh, page, let's uh, let's go over and see what we got there. Uh, FM Big Hair says the McLaughlin Group. <laughs> yep. Wesley Bush came out and said the combination of Use Your Illusion album was a record company product. Remember, we talked about yeah. how there was one version. It was all the songs without cursing. Many off albums are offered with curse and remove the alternative lyrics. GNR wouldn't make censored versions of their albums, So this is what came out instead. Otherwise, Walmart wouldn't sell the originals. Well, that's a great observation. Didn't even connect those dots. Yeah. Thank you, Wesley. Nice. Uh, Nicely done. Marty White says, ha, the double album talk was because I said, considering submitting Quadrophenia, but didn't want to abuse everybody with a double album. By the way, I like how you guys think Pony is trolling you through burner accounts. <laughs> I think he might be trolling you in plain sight. <laughs> no one seriously likes heat or bad English without being up to something devious. And Asylum as his favorite Kiss album? What about his impossible trivia questions? I bet he's doing the same thing to Polo and others. It's brilliant. Deception at its best. Pooney's been playing the long game, but I'm on to him. I'm just messing, of course. He seems like a good guy, and he has a good sense of humor. Oh, I belong to a Bridget Fonda fan site, and Penelope Red keeps turning up there as well. The last (laughs) post I saw from Penelope requested a photo of Bridget in a thong posing with the Asylum album. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, God almighty. So the Quadrophenia thing, the problem isn't that album. The problem is it's the the who. who. Yeah, that's the problem. I don't mind. I don't mind a like little. The who? Not not Hell enough. To, no. Not enough to do a no. long album like that. Hell no. Oh. Not enough to do any album. Oh, you got. Me. Oh, I. We'll go off on a tangent. Save it. Yeah, just put it aside. <laughs> ah. Anyways, uh, over to uh, Sunny. Right, you get some emails. Yep. 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 Okay. So the first email we got. Hey guys. Thanks for tuning this album for your latest review. I'm your age as well. Share the same memories of buying both of these on release day and couldn't wait to give them a listen. Loved both of the Illusion records and realized that there's a few throwaways. My world comes to mind. I'm actually a fan of Izzy's contributions to the band, especially on these songs. In my opinion, he's one of the ones that try to keep the GNR vibe that was established on Appetite. Speaking of Appetite, I wanted to go back and listen to your ARC episode, but couldn't find it, but I... I guess he couldn't find it on Apple Podcasts, but then he found it after a while. Oh, you know what it is? He can't find it on Spotify 
That is the only episode we've ever done that Spotify won't play. Yep. It's the the very first ARC episode for some reason. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, go ahead. He says, lastly, to Hollywood Pony, what the fuck is a bang zone? (laughs) You referenced this term multiple times this episode, talking about how old you were and how much income you made. It sounds creepy as hell. I'll get to that in a second. Thanks, guys. Always look forward to all of your episodes, except for Zeppelin Chronicles. (gasps) (laughs) Feels like I'll get my Kiss Dubai Blu-ray before the next episode drops. Well, he wrote this before (laughs) before Zeppelin 2 came out. And then just a suggestion for ARC, how about doing a Creed album? Uh, Okay. Keith Weitzel was was the person who put that episode together. So the Bang Zone. So best way to explain it is your single... No kids, not hooked up with anybody serious, and you're starting to make money. And to me, that's the bang zone in your life because you can do whatever you want with that money. Yeah, and it's not bang as in banging a chick. It's like it, well, it's that's a, also well, that's that bang zone. Well, that's part of it. But the, I, I, I know, I, I look at it as like, oh, that's it, like, like the term, like sweet spot, like bang yeah. zone. It's like, yeah. it's like the perfect scenario yeah. type of description. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other email I got is from Wesley beach and this must be after he actually listened to the episode. Right. So yeah. What must surely be a sign of the coming apocalypse. I find myself siding with Sonny for a second episode in a row. <laughs> like you said, Tom, if you don't like Axel, you're not going to like this. And I don't like Axel's wine and signature snake dance. Not a fan of slash and his wasted rock star persona and top hats, even though he does get points for supporting a plasmatics t-shirt from time to time. I found most of the songs on here were bloated with excess verbiage and going on too long. A couple songs I found okay. And any tribute to Johnny thunders is okay in my book, but even that song was way too much going on in it. If it was tripped down and more basic arrangement, I think it would have been much better. Too many guitar licks on it, making it hard to listen to. And that's my feeling on most of this record. The only GNR albums I can tolerate are the spaghetti incident wow. for their inspired choice of covers, pro- probably mostly Duff choices and Chinese democracy with Buckethead on guitar. Buckethead like is good. Sonny, like Sonny, I would put Use Your Illusion 2 on the very bottom of the list of albums you've reviewed just under load. I'm not a Metallica fan either. Hoping the Patreon group can elevate the selection on the next installment. <laughs> well, you missed out on a Rush album, so be thankful. Uh, there's always next month. You don't know what's coming. Oh. I get the next. I get the next pick. You guys are going to be begging for mercy when, I, when you get to mine. So uh, we love you, Wes. Couple more emails. We'll fly through these. Uh, we got Adam Stevenson. First time emailing about an ARC episode. Love your honest reviews about some great and timeless records, along with some of the worst absolute shit that has ever been recorded. (laughs) I went back and listened to your appetite review and the use your illusion review in preparation for this email. This month's episode with use your illusion is a personal one for me. As I was broadening my musical horizons in high school, my uncle told me about guns and roses and let me borrow his appetite CD. And I fell in love with it. It was a complete 180 from the other eighties bands at the time. When I told him about it, he gave me Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. The joy and excitement for 30 new songs soon turned to disgust and confusion. I played them once, and they have been collecting dust for 15 years. This was a band that had five years to create a solid sophomore effort, and what we got in return was a bloated, unorganized mess that shows the band was cracking from the weight of their grandiose excesses. That's a great sentence, even though I disagree with it. 
well well said. I agree with Sonny awarding this album with the new title of Cellar Dweller Dead Last. How a band can fall so far from the pinnacle of perfection by kicking the teeth in on the music industry to this pile of garbage baffles me. It's funny how a band that has only released six studio albums holds such high regard among rock and metal fans. An absolute killer album, a lazy half-acoustic half-cover album, a polarizing double album, another covers album, and a too-little-too-late comeback album. One could even make the argument that Guns N' Roses is nothing more than a glorified cover band that was able to catch lightning in a bottle with a few good originals and ride that wave into eternal glory and fame. Cheers, boys, and thanks again for all you do. Wow. Whew. I'm not going to agree with everything you said, Adam, but very well written. Uh, Stephen Wood, first, great pick from Zeus. It's impossible not to have an interesting discussion when they use your illusion albums of the subject. Having said that, it is a bit of a turd burger, isn't it? It contains two of the worst songs ever recorded, Get in the Ring in My World, oh, but also one of the best GNR tracks of all time, Estranged. I think Use Your Illusion 1 is much better in every way. When people say they really do like this album, I wonder if they really do or just pretend they do. It's kind of like being a Bjork fan. <laughs> I'm, Bjork. I'm sure she has tons of fans who say they love her music, but they really don't have a clue and are just going along with it. And then he does his detailed rankings, which is awesome. Um, P.S. Your Axel impressions are hilarious. Uh, Tom, I am a fan of your Paul Stanley banter impressions. I'd love to hear them more often. And Zeus, I still crack up every time I hear your English Paul Stanley pronunciations. Sonny, I love your hot takes, even if I disagree with them, which is often. Thanks for putting a smile on my face. That is Stephen Wood. And then we got one last email here. Andy Salter. Great episode. Might not agree with all your opinions, but a fun listen. In 91, I was obsessed with GNR. And if you walked into my bedroom, it was a shrine to them. You couldn't see my walls due to posters of Axel and the boys. I remember the day of release so well. I've been waiting for the days for the day for years. So I got up to go to school. Well, pretend to go to school and headed into my local record store. I was there at the doors open at 9 a.m. Ran to the counter with a fresh 20, two cassettes, 10 bucks each, and asked the lady in a high teen boy, you got the new Guns albums? And the lady said, um, I didn't know they had an album coming out, but I will bring out the new release box, which arrived this morning. She opened that box, and it was like that scene from Pulp Fiction with the suitcase. I swear the copy was glowing. I paid with my heart racing, went to get on the bus to school and to make up an excuse for being late. As I got off the bus, I had that sinking feeling of, oh, shit. Did I pick up the bag with the cassettes? No, I hadn't. And oh. I watched and I watched my brand new copies of Use Your Illusion drive off into the distance. Oh, Luckily, I was no. able to beg my mom to lend me another 20. But yeah, those albums were everything to me back then. I actually think one is better than two, but they're both awesome. Anyway, take care. Andy Salter from the Gold Coast of Australia. That story is giving me like a pit in my stomach, thinking of the excitement <laughs> and just seeing them just drive away on the bus. Yeah. Great, great email, Andy. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. That was awesome. And uh, that's GNR feedback, baby. Wow. Good stuff. Well, we're on to uh, our Patreon pick. We narrowed it down to four picks. This tied with another artist. Can we say who it is? Who no, because no, no, we don't want not 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 yet, not yet. Okay, and so we went to a tiebreaker, I believe, Tom. Right? That's right. We had to have a tiebreaker, and then this still beat out that other album. You fucking patrons, who I love to death, <laughs> but give me a break. <laughs> <sighs> and they picked uh, this night song, Cinderella. Right. So 
Uh, I think we're all pretty familiar with this. Uh, who wants to go first? Sonny, this was your um, you grab this out of the Patreon list for your pick Because what we do with it, just to explain to people uh, if they're not sure or, or new. So we all of our patrons submit one album and then the three of us each pick one of those albums. And sometimes if an album gets multiple selections, that automatically makes the poll. And then then we take those albums and put a, a poll out to the patrons. So Sonny, out of the group, somebody submitted Cinderella Night Songs, and that was Sonny's pick for the poll. So, Sonny, why don't you kick it off with, with, with Night Songs? Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So I graduated high school in 1986 and not that I want to get the release police after me, (laughs) but this was released somewhere around my graduation time. So whether it was May or June, whatever, I don't know. Okay. Um, I was in the middle of loving hair metal, you know, and think about where hair metal is in the summer of 86. Think asylum theater of pain, 7,800, Fahrenheit, out of the cellar, slippery and wet, wasp. I mean, it is right in the center of that. So there was no way the Cinderella wasn't getting a shot to be heard. Uh, plus, I'd already seen Shake Me on MTV. So that immediately kind of hooked me because they did a good job, very similar to Dave Lee Roth, where they did a video that actually meant something instead of, you know, just kind of doing a blah video, which got you interested. Um, and then the Bon Jovi ties did not hurt because I was already a Bon Jovi fan. Uh, so I've seen Cinderella live many, many, many times. It's almost in the 20 range. Wow. Um, so I, there, like I said, there was no way they weren't going to get a chance uh, in 1986. There's no way. Yeah. 
Zeus, what about you? Well, for me, um, this was one of those bands that I picked up from my brother. Uh, he was playing this song. He must have picked up from his friends. And then I remember him playing Shake Me. And uh, and then I was like, oh, I like that song. What is that? And then next thing I know, MTV, Nobody's Fool. I'm like, oh, that's the band that he was playing that Shake Me song. And then, yeah, there's something about the production of that Nobody's Fool that didn't look like it was made in someone's basement. Mm. Go look at the Helix fucking videos done at the time. And then tell me you don't see the difference. Um, And so, yeah, I gravitated to that junior high. Oh, there's a fucking hot chick. And the ugly stepsisters are actually smoking hot. It it fit the image. That's what guitar and, and hair bands and rock stars look like. And the song was pretty, you know, um, I, I don't know, cliche for the times. And it, it rocked for me. And uh, I bought the album and I bought their next album and I bought their next album. So uh, I'm very familiar with this. So I was actually pleased that somebody picked this. And it wasn't one of my picks that I would have later on. I, so uh, I'm glad that Patreon people selected night songs. Yeah, I feel like if you've got the three of the albums, you have 75% of their discography. Oh, I didn't know. They, they don't have anything else. They only got four albums. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's it. You're still going to buy the last one then. Huh? Yeah, still climbing is like the underrated one that a lot of people talk that's about. That's right. And that yeah. was the last one. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, Motley yeah. Crue, the fucking self-titled. Oh yeah, fucking people it's love all that these one. People love these albums that, I, that none of us have. Oh, Skid Rose, fucking whatever. Subhuman the- race, oh, it's the best. <laughs> uh, it's ahead. funny because I, I feel like this would have eventually been a pick if Patreon didn't do it uh, between the one of us here. Um, but yeah, I have, I have. It's funny, I have a vivid memory of me. learning about cinderella or hearing about them and it was youth hockey i played hockey growing up in medford and i remember in the locker room it was i think it was after a game it was one of the kids like guys have you heard this song shake me this oh it's fucking song this song is incredible this and he brought he actually brought like a little cassette player into the locker room and played it everyone's like like because it was it was heavy, like it was hair metal, but at the time it was heavy. And Tom Kiefer's vocals, which obviously we'll get into, like aggressive, like it was it was different. And it and, and it was I don't know, it was it was something different. It wasn't like the polished, some of that poppy polished stuff at the time in '86. I mean, maybe now looking at it, you're like, yeah, it was, but in '86 it wasn't. Um, you know, obviously the videos, MTV. I was I had the album, had the CD, I have the new translucent red vinyl i'm pissed off it's not purple because the fucking cover's purple um yeah it's cinderella i mean you know to me the first two albums i love um the third one is okay this long cold winter i've seen cinderella only once and it wasn't in their in their heyday that tom Kiefer was there they sounded great they played all the hits um obviously on satellite radio hair nation they're constantly playing everything from the discography so i mean they deserve to be mentioned in among that, that, that era of, of some of the best. And obviously we'll get into a lot more specifics on that. So. All right. Yeah. It didn't hurt them. Cause that first tour, they went out with Dave Lee Roth first. That's then right. They went out with Bon Jovi. And can you imagine hit, hit, two of the biggest, I was going to say hitting a jackpot for a new band, you yeah. know? So yeah, yeah they it, weren't going to lose much. That's no, for sure. That's right. 
So you got Skid Row, you got Cinderella, two bands, Bon Jovi uh, influence there, huh? And then, and then, what does it take? An, another great move by them. And we'll get into them as we do the track by track. Having videos with like yeah. re- repeat characters, you know, the stepsisters and the hot chicks yeah. performance videos, like like they 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 were they were perfect for MTV. I mean, nineteen eighty six was like the bang zone, I guess we'll say for, and, and, and they just, they, t- they took advantage of it for sure. Let's talk about this album cover. <laughs> um, I'm not sure poison or this album cover is the poster child. When people say like hair metal, no doubt. It's this one. It's not even close T- to me. This almost looks like a parody. Yeah. And, and I, and I mean that like dead, this looks like a parody if like Saturday Night Live was going to do like a skit or something, the fact that this is a real album cover is incredible. And now I fucking love it. <laughs> I love it, it. It's um, yeah, this is everything that uh, you could tell, like the thrash metal guys, the grunge guys are looking at and being like, exactly. I fucking hate this. And yep. Beavis and Butthead are looking at this and like, you got their clothes at the rock and roll store at the mall. Like, you know, like choreographed and not authentic. And that's the shit that sometimes pisses me off is because this music gets deemed as it might not be lyrically Bob Dylan, but it's still fun, good music. And it gives it, you know, the image that associated with this, like these guys are idiots. None of them are talented. This band, I feel, is talented. I go oh, definitely is very talented, but the problem is how many bands came out right after him looking like this. That's exactly why I think I've said it before. That's exactly why I think long cold winter has a plain white album cover. It's the exact op. They were probably like, Nope, not again. Yeah. Plain white album cover with our Cinderella logo. That's it. No pictures of nobody. Yeah. Tom, you know, Okay revisionist history here by Tom, right? Yeah. He tells stories about that to fit in, to get signed. But then you hear about fans that saw them in the clubs before they got signed and they were already dressing like this. So that's a bunch of crap, (laughs) right? That's not, it's not like the record company made you do it. You knew you had to do it on stage already. Uh, I like the purple too. And I think the logo is cool. Yeah. These four guys do. Okay. First Jeff with the pirate shirt, and the zebra spandex is that leggings with his red boots i think those are leggings it's it oh my god he's at the hockey he's at the skating ring skating with uh leggings yeah yeah and then so eric you know for first he stands out because he's only blonde but then you got to pull on the scarf to show the fingerless gloves right and then he's mean mugging the camera for some reason i don't know but why. but he's also the fucking hair dude that is a yeah, wig oh, yeah. that is the hair metal costume wig yeah. that you would get at every party city i was just gonna place. say if, if if you went to party say it's uh, i'm looking for 80s hair metal oh yeah hey, hey we got the tom Kiefer <laughs> oh. over here no no he just yeah. works here now costume of yourself out back <laughs> so then you got Kiefer hiding his face as much as possible because he needs to the kissy face lip shit and then the shooter McGavin. Just a shooter. Just a shooter. <laughs> shooter McGavin. Look, that is that is that makes the picture. Shooter McGavin. But yeah, I think one of the funny lips. 
and oh. the fucking poodle hairdo. I, the one of the funniest things about this, though, because when I looked at this picture and when you know doing the research and stuff, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I learned a couple things about this band I did not know. Like two of the original members left and started Britney Fox, yeah, which is right. fucking hilarious because, because they look like they belong in each of these bands, right? That's, what, that's exact. When but I read pirate that, like, oh. shirts, dude, I'm like, that's yeah. why Dizzy Dean looks like Tom Kiefer. I mean, even yeah. though Dizzy Dean wasn't the, like that guy, but yeah, I the mean, similar styles and voice. Similar look, it, the pirate shirts, the big mouth, and the, the exactly, the vocals. exactly. It's Andy amazing. Guitar too. Yep, yeah. it's amazing. I, I that I did not know that fact. I mean, because I'm not a diehard Cinderella fan. I'm like that makes perfect sense. They are image wise the exact same. And you, I mean, I know how Sonny feels about Britney Fox. I like Britney Fox. I, I mean, they're, they're, they're good at what they do. They're not Cinderella. Cinderella to me is Ooh. ten times the band. Ooh, what's the what's the What's that Twitter handle again? Dizzy Dean's picket fence teeth. He's probably going to chime in on, on this album review. Yeah. I want to hear what he thinks about this. Tom Kiefer's fucking lip sweat could be another fucking character of this show. There's a new he is, He's sweating the whole time. Sonny, <laughs> oh, Sonny, tell what was what was the th- what was the thing you said in our text group about Tom <laughs> yeah. Kiefer's lip sweat? So you got to remember, I have seen, like I said, almost twenty times, right? <laughs> and if you have ever been to SeaWorld. And been in the first couple of rows yes! and the yes! whale jumps out and splashes you. That is Tom Kiefer, you in the first two rows. I suggest so wearing gross. a poncho because it is coming all over you. That is so oh, gross. It's like Mike Reno wearing leather, leather pants these days. First of all, oh, it's like, are we going to tag him again? <laughs> so he can be like, hey, listen, let me listen to these guys talk about my classic album. Oh, he's like a fucking whale in SeaWorld. I told you, that's like when I saw this. This was probably like 15 years ago. I saw Dawkins and Firehouse together. And that was the fat Don Dawkins era. <laughs> Dude, he was sweating so bad on stage. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> Woo! Oh. Dude, we haven't even set up yet. What are you doing? Oh. Woo! Oh. Trying to adjust this mic stand. I can't stop sweating. <laughs> He's sweating all over the fans. Fucking get a towel. Oh, man. But the, the album cover. Got, yeah. You, and then you got Fred. Yeah. Doing the lean away. Like, I don't know these people. It actually kind of looks like he's ripping one. And you look at it, there's like a cloud of smoke behind him. It almost looks like a visual. <laughs> now, I don't know if you noticed, but if you look right to left. Yep. It kind of goes from black to more white in the costumes. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because by the time you make it all the way to the left, he's got the white shirt with the black yeah. and white. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if that's on purpose or that's just lucky. I think you might be giving him way too much credit. Okay. <laughs> I mean, let's think about this, okay? Look at the outfits. At what point does Fred Gorey go, you know what? Does anybody got a piece <laughs> of fucking clothing or something so I can tie it around one of my legs like what the fuck are they doing i don't know look, look it, at the it, clothes it's so bad and you know one of my one of my biggest problems not problems but just kind of laughing about this is so it's 1986 it's like the peak of hair metal mtv the glam look obviously this album why didn't they call themselves cinderella with an s 
Cinderella. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Oh, that's a good one. Like, why? I, I, I feel <laughs> like it's already got to have the picture that totally takes away from right? their talent. And now they're going to have a band name. Yes. With an S. Cinderella. Never been taken seriously. Have you ever? Look, guys, check out these bands, Cinderella, but they spell it with an S like sin. Oh, they must be crazy looking. What do they look like? Oh, they look like your sisters. <laughs> 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 Cinderella spin it one more time. <laughs> my sister graduated in 1987. This looks like a picture of her and her friends from graduation. Yeah, the, better, girl, better the girls. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. And then the back pictures, Fred looks more more karate kid on those those back pictures. And then you see Tom and his face and why he's got to hide it because you know he's not a what you will call him. Yeah, Fr- Fred does look like he's doing a little Cobra Kai shit there. Jeff yeah, Jeff no. looks Jeff looks like so somebody he, he looks like somebody's fucking ripped one. Well, Are you kidding me? This? Yeah. So that is not the same picture as you get on the back of the vinyl. Yeah, the back of the vinyl Those has different pictures. Has different pictures. Oh, I got so to see, see if you're looking Fred, show us Fred. He looks very much Karate Kid. Where? Move it over. Move it over the other way. Yeah, see, he's got the karate kid going on there. Yeah. Dude, Jeff looks like he went to the Eric Carr school of fucking hairdo. What the fuck? Well, rest in peace. He just passed away not too long ago. Yeah. 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 But yeah. his hair still looks ridiculous. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's I, they it is amazing. I'm, I'll give them credit because, I mean, they they went on to. To really have an incredible, I mean, it was a short career, but in terms of a career, I mean, long, cold winter put him into the fucking stratosphere. Okay, but uh, if I don't want to start this off in a fucking argument here. No, 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 go ahead. Top 10 bands from this era, I would put Cinderella in there easily. It depends on what your parameters are, but my parameters are hair metal. Oh, I don't What's described as hair metal in this era? Yes, yes. Cinderella's. In terms of, look, to me, I know Sonny's making a little, Sonny who's seen them. 82 times in concert hates them. He just wants to disagree, but you tell me 10, uh, uh, 10 bands from that era that are bigger than Cinderella. Well, nine other. Bigger or better? I, I Bigger, better, really. You got Bon Jovi, you've got them, you got Dawkins, you got Rat, you got Motley Crue. Uh, Def Leppard. Yeah, I, 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 I never considered Def Leppard hair metal. Exactly, because Pyromania isn't, and then hysteria, hysteria comes in later, and they're not really glamming up. They just have poofy hair. Poison. Uh, yeah, I said po- okay. poison and Cinderella. Those two go Great together. White. Great white. Great white's not bigger than Cinderella. Europe. No, but not in terms of both. top 10. No, no, no. In terms of top 10. Are you just talking about bigger or better? Both I thought we were doing better. better. Cinderella is better than both. I don't Cinderella is not better than Great White. They're not better than Europe. Um, it's Cinder- uh, Cinder- to me. To right, me, it's, it's an argument. I to me, yeah, it's a I good argument. It's close. Yeah. I like both of those bands. I, I do too. It's not even close to Cinderella. No way. Oh, no. Now, I'll tell you I, enough Europe. Trust me. I'll tell you that. I do. I had their that, first, the the two ones that actually did well. That album I had them both. Sonny, you bring up. And I'm being God. superstitious, Sonny. I know those albums. <laughs> I'm just saying, Cinderella would in that era. And you maybe say Alley Guns, but I don't even know if you'd say hair metal Alley Guns. Night the, Ranger. Night Ranger is not. Hair I metal. never considered Night Ranger no hair metal. No way is it hair metal. No way. That was that was a rock, a hard rock band back then with with synth. <laughs> yeah, but like exactly. And then what? Their hair got a little bit puffier at the end, but that's that's it. Cinderella. I would put them in there. Rat Motley Crue. 
Bon Jovi, uh, Cinderella's first two albums, whether or, not, whether or not whether or not you like them or not, for for what they had and what they did in terms of popularity and video play and yeah. stuff, they were huge, huge, fucking huge, huge. especially era. especially Long Cold Winter. Those five years where hair metal fucking ruled, yeah. Cinderella's easy top ten. And I also never considered Tesla hair metal. I might yeah, be on an yeah, island. Exactly. I might be on an island with that. You but. might say, "Oh, Kiss's records had a couple platinum in a row," or uh, like you said, Night Ranger. But I don't consider like these guys lived and died in hair metal. That's there right. There was no non-hair metal legacy for these guys. They it tried that era. That's they why tried. I don't. I don't conclude Def Leppard or Night Ranger. Or Kiss, or you know, well, Kiss, Aerosmith. Well, Kiss had a hair metal album. Yeah, but they, they, they lived outside of that parameter. These right. guys didn't. Yeah. So in that era, in that genre, I I would say Cinderella is easily top ten. Well, it's a good argument. Well, I'm sure we'll get feedback at, on at it. At least success wise. Yeah, success wise. Yeah, dude, Great White did not have a triple platinum album. Or I will, I will, I, 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 yeah, but the, with the, let's, we're not going to get into the record sale argument again. No, but I'm saying like they weren't as big as these guys were. No, but they had bigger, their, but their singles were bigger than Cinderella's singles. Really? Don't once know bit what you, I think once, well, I think once bitten twice shy was probably bigger than any single that Cinderella have, with the exception of don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah. Well, yeah. twice, once bitten didn't go to number one. Yeah. I, I know, bet I'm you, not t- I, I know, I, but I, I'm saying like, um, I think I don't know. Did it? Did it go to number one? Uh, I don't know. That ballad. What? Which one? Save your love. The angel song. No, oh, the no, angel no, song. Saying, oh. No, I'm saying Cinderella's. Um, don't know what you got. Oh, yeah. Hell did that? No. I hope not. Hell no. I, I mean, not, I'm not a fan of the song. I'm just saying I thought it went to number one. No that's a bad, way. That's a bad song. Oh yeah. Uh, it went to number twelve. My bad. That, that's too high. That's too high for that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's. <laughs> Not a very good song. Anyway, but let's I, move past this. Yeah, but I will say this just real quick. Just yeah. I, I, I will say Sonny has a point. I, th- I think Europe gets unfairly trashed because of the final countdown song. Oh, I love that song. That, that, no, I know, but that's a good album. Oh, that that's album a, that, is amazing. That's a really good album. It's a good album. It's it not is. an amazing album. It's well, a good album. It's an it's amazing good, album. It's a good album. <laughs> It's better than the one we're about to talk about. Oh, <laughs> Dude, you guys are nuts. Sonny, pick it for your next pick. Come on, let's do it. Let's uh, do Europe. Yeah, yeah, it's Sonny. Go ahead, pick it. Yeah, Sonny, do it. Tommy went to number five. What did? Once, Once bit twice shy. Once twice shy. Yeah. Went to number five. Yeah. And I don't even like it. And I love Great White, and I don't like that song. That song kicks ass, and the it video is not, even better. It does not kick ass. Nothing Bill, about that song. Bill Maher on these. Bill Maher on lead vocals. Oh, kills in karaoke. That song kills at karaoke. Well, they're going to have karaoke at Creatures Fest, and we're all going to be there. So, <laughs> and then in the middle of the song, Sonny, you'll wave us on, and we'll be like Bobby Brown girls, and we'll walk walk over and start singing with you. Like, Oof, be careful, some of those Creatures Fest chicks. <laughs> which don't walk Bobby over. Brown? Can yeah, which Bobby Brown? Warrant Bobby Brown or New Edition Bobby Brown? <laughs> well, not the one from Stranger Things, Bobby Brown. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want podcasters run up to anything. Yikes. Yikes. All right. Let's get into a couple of the facts here of night songs. Okay? OK, so it went to number three. Wow. Yeah. Released June 9th, 1986. Uh, three million copies, triple platinum. This is the thing, Tom, you told me that you were shocked. It's produced by Andy Johns. Where the yeah. fuck did they get that? 
I don't Little know. John's the engineer of listen to this. You, you're basically on Zeppelin two, three, four, physical graffiti, um, House of the Holy, The Stones, Exile on Main Street, Sticky Fingers, Footloose and Fancy Free, Rod Stewart, uh, Godsmack, Eric Clapton, and uh, what about this band in Philadelphia called Cinderella that Bon Jovi knows? Um, yeah, he produced it. And don't forget Gene Simmons from Kiss. Tried to try to sign Cinderella to a label. Tom Ke- Tom Kiefer talked about that about ten years ago in an interview. So that was that's in the eighties when Gene was trying to hook up all these bands. And Paul was like, "Stop with these B act bands trying to sign people and come back and do songs." We got crazy nights to record. Yeah, I've I've got a hit on my hands called "I'll Fight Hell to Hold You." Oh, Jericho got so mad at us that we shit on that song in that episode. That is a great song. I what? Love song. I love that. He's song. just kissing ass. He doesn't like. No, that. no, no. I love that song. Do you really? That song is terrible. Is a great album. Oh, I, I agree that. with that. I love crazy. That? I love the album. Yes, the album yes. is awesome. Yes, it's very. Bruce is the killer on that. Yes. Now. Anyways. If you want to listen to our crazy night review, <laughs> we just did that, so you can check that out on Shout It Out Loudcast. Anyway, uh, I don't have many other facts on this. Believe it or not, yeah. does anybody else want to add anything? The only other thing, you know, this whole thing with Fred Curry wasn't a band member, right? And we'll get into that a little bit. But just for context, do you remember the band Arcade? Yes. Yes, what do they have? What do they have? The name, I don't know if I know their music, but I remember. I don't know their music that well. Is it Arcade Fire? Right. (laughs) So they released two albums. Okay. Fred Curry was a drummer there. He's played on more arcade songs in the studio than he has Cinderella songs. Really? Yes. Holy shit. So Arcade is is Stephen uh, Pierce. That's right. right. That's right. Okay. Oh, that's how I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wasn't he in Dawkins 2 for a little bit? Uh, he didn't play on any of the albums, I don't think. Dude, he didn't play on the second album? Nope. What the fuck? He, he was in the band. on 12 songs total. Look Every at the no- song on Heartbreak and one song on Still Climbing, and that is it. If you look at the notes for Night Songs, it has Tom Kiefer, Jeff Labar, Eric Brittenham, Fred Corey, and then in parentheses it says, does not play on the album. <laughs> Joined shortly after it was recorded. All right. How is he not playing on the second album, though? Don't know. Is that like Bon Jovi's bassist that was in all the videos, but never really played on any of the songs for the first five albums? Yeah, I don't know. Jody Cortez played all the drums on this album. He used to be, he, he's, Jody Cortez used to play drums for Boz Skaggs. Yep. <laughs> That's incredible. It's wow. the same. And that's after they fired the original drummer. They had a guy named Jim Dresnick. Yeah. He couldn't get the timing right. So they're like, you fucking fired. <laughs> like, we well, can't even record drums. <laughs> Beat it, bitch. I, I'm Beat just, I, I just, I'm like, all right, he joins the band after, but he's in all the videos and Night Songs takes off. Yeah. What are they doing? He's like, all right, let's ready to record our second album. Uh, yeah. Why don't you, uh, why don't you go outside and get us some coffee? Like, I don't that's understand right. that. They, they he, he can't play. I don't know. Wow. It's hilarious. You're right. He's on the album cover, front and back. He's on the videos. Be like, hey, Fred, great job. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't do shit on this album, but I'll take the credit. <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> fucked up. When All it right. comes down to it, though, these these Cinderella albums, Fred, um, Tom made all the money. Tom writes everything. 
They're like right. You're so right. That's a that's a these great other point. Three guys couldn't get arrested. No, you're right. They're like Tom. That's why when I saw Cinderella, it was Tom Kiefer and a bunch of guys, and it was it didn't matter because this is like the Tom Kiefer solo project. It's yeah. it's, it's his big. He it's, writes it's, all the songs. It's Bon Jovi. That's what John did when he came up. He's like, I don't know. Just throw these people together. I write the songs. I'm the singer. I'm the front man. And just get me some people. He just so happened he actually got a couple talented people in this yeah. band, and it yeah. worked out. I yep. don't know. I would assume these guys could play. Yeah, you have to assume they can play, and obviously they can play because they do, but that doesn't mean they can write music. And it's possible that Tom wasn't going to let anybody write music. Tom's a high school dropout, dude. Yeah, he's I know. making from all his songs. Money. He didn't graduate high school. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell from his songs, he talks about <laughs> it. True. Uh, yeah. Well, ready to get to the tracks? Let's do Let's it. Do it. Night songs. La Campaña de Hell's Bells, Fiu Rapida en el Riff en Kia Mi Gusta. Lo primero que la extensión. See, you were speaking French the other day, so I oh. had to do the Spanish. I didn't know if somebody hit the watch. ESPN Deportes button on the friggin' <laughs> recording here. What the? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just with you guys. Um, all right, so you kind of get that Black Sabbath feel, Hell's Bells, ACDC feel right out of the gate. I like that they were quick to get to the riff. That snare, like <laughs> for some reason, the snare like pierces through the mix at the beginning of the song. The song's a little sludgy. I'm not sure I would open the album with this, to be honest. And immediately the song does not match the four guys that are on the album cover, right? You would think that you got the wrong cassette in the little case that it came in. And then the first thing that hits you is Tom Kiever's singing style. Like, you know, it's whiskey drenched, uh, kind of like a Brian Johnson. Um, it complements the crunchy guitars, though. But you absolutely need the lyrics because he's a yelper, right? So that whole thing when he says, I need a shot of gasoline. Okay, I knew that. I'm hitting 116. I did not know he ever said he was hitting 160. I didn't know that. Then he says, I get so hot, I see steam. I thought he said, I get so high at 16. Like, you can't tell 
what he's saying. What is one sixteen? See, I think it's it's. I think he's talking about driving. Yeah. Okay, so he drove one hundred and six. That's a very specific speed. Yeah, I don't. Well, it rhymes. <laughs> okay, because yeah. you need a shot of gasoline. I guess you could have said one fifteen. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, in the end, I think it's a good song. I just wouldn't have opened the album with it because it kind of gives you shock value. I guess it works in a stance of it gives you shock value that what you see on the album cover isn't them, but it's not the super catchiest tune on the, on the planet. So there was much better songs on this album that I would have started the album with. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree and disagree a little bit with that. I'll, I'll, I'll agree that maybe it wasn't the best choice for opener um, because it's, it is a, it is a, a slow song. It's a, it's a sludgy song, but the thing I like about it, it's a ballsy move opening the album with it because for exactly the reason you said it doesn't match the visuals. When you open up the, the cassette or the CD, you put this in and you hear those bells. And then that, like you that I have that written down too. that snare, but that little, the way that that, that little in the background, but the way that it's produced, it's almost like it's in the background, like echoing over the song. It's like not, it's not in the forefront. It's almost like it's just behind you as you're listening. I think I love the chorus. I love the the chanting in the chorus. Uh, it, it's cool too, because it, this is also unexpected for hair metal, that little solo. It's almost like an Ingve type of like classical type of solo that he does. It's not your typical like hair metal, like riffing solo type thing. Um, I think it's a, I think it's, it's, it's an absolute ballsy standout track on the album right off the bat you know that this 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 ain't poison this ain't bon jovi this is something hard and heavy i think the production on the album is spectacular gives it a thick full feeling um great tune i'm i'm kind of 50 50 on whether or not it should have been the opener i think it has its pros and cons uh night song so everything's written by tom Kiefer. there's no other person Yep. So I'm not going to keep doing the song uh, songwriter on this. They're all Tom Kiefer. Nobody helped out. So, yeah, Sonny, you hit it. It's Hell's Bells. It's a Brian Johnson type vocals, which I never understand what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like I, I those lyrics too. When I start, I always have to pull up lyrics when I listen to these songs with headphones because I'm always like, what? Yep. I never would have guessed. And then I'll go back to the song again and be like. I remember those lyrics again. Again, I'm like, what the fuck did he say again? I have to put the lyrics up because I can't understand them. But I, I like it. It's a decent song. And that's as far as I go. It's decent. Um, but I actually think um, if I look at these songs, it's perfect to open up because it's building. Yeah. It's building it up. Like, get ready. Our show's going to start coming and you'll see what you're going to get. And we're building this thing up. And it works because. I can't, everything else is pretty in your face, rock and roll hard. I, I can't see him starting with them. I can see this is the buildup. It's almost like an intro to night songs, the album. And, and I uh, like too, that the, I like too, that the title track is the name of the album. I, I'm sorry that the opening track is the name of the album. I think that's kind of cool too. First song, night songs. Here we go. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Let's go to number two.
Shake Me. So there's a story out there that when Shake Me came out as a single, Howard Stern was playing it on the radio. And Howard Stern wasn't completely syndicated yet. He only had syndication in the Northeast, but it definitely helped the band get exposure. This is a song I would open with. It's immediately catchy. This is why they got everybody on the video too. The video's cool. We'll talk about that. But the song is cool because it's got this nice pace. It feels a little ACDC. It's got this instant classic feel to it. I've heard this song a thousand times. I never get sick of it. That all night to me, it feels a little country because of that little break in the middle of every time he says all night. Yep. It would be impossible for me to stay in key with that weird note that he's singing there, but that just kind of adds that bar band blues feel that I absolutely love when the melody's good and the guitar solo's good. I really like the breakdown. I like how they build it back up to the chorus. And honestly, Andy fucking faded the song out too fast because Mm. the best screams are at the end of the song. It's like, Andy, what the fuck are you doing? Just wait like 30 seconds and it would have been that much better. But great song. I I would take a hundred of these for Cinderella. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to agree with pretty much everything there. I mean, especially when you're talking 80s hair metal, nothing gets me more than a gang chorus. When you have a something that people can fist pump and chant at a concert or at, like shake me in the breakdown. I fucking love the little. I love that. I love it. The, the song kind of quiets down and then it just and, and Tom Kiefer just kind of gets you amped up again as it kicks into, into gear again for as popular as this song is for people like us that are that follow this music. I feel like the song is not popular enough. I think it's that good of a song. It should be bigger. It should be when you're talking about those, those, those hair metal anthems, those songs, I feel like this really needs to be there. Cause I think it's just one of the great standouts. Shake me. Uh, it's their first single and it's, you shook me all night long. Uh, except I'm not sick of this song yet. That's a great, that's <laughs> that's a great how, point. That's how yeah. I, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Um, it's got a great beat and the, the breakdown after the solo and you guys mentioned in the drums and then the whispering, how's that go? Shake me, <laughs> shake me, <Sorry>. shake me. <laughs> for the era. I'm shocked that the song wasn't bigger mm-hmm. for the era. Yep. Um, let's get to the video. So this is the first in the series of videos with, Cinderella and the Cinderella, the ugly stepsisters and the Cinderella girl. Um, Tom Kiefer comes out of the wall, this girl on her bed, right? Cinderella's sweeping. And, and that's like the old, that was the cliche back then, because it wasn't that what Vince Neil did out of the mirror in uh, smoking in the. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, the sisters are hotter than Cinderella. I'm sorry. They just are. Oh, yeah. 
right? Of course. They're fucking smoking. Um, and then you get, you know, the legendary Cinderella leg kicks from Jeff LeVar. You got the spinning guitar twirls. You got all the, you know, the drum move, the Joey Casada drum moves on the by oh. Fred Curry in the video. When you're spinning the drumstick while looking at the camera. Ooh, shake me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then again, it, so I asked Sonny about this because I'm not that familiar. I'm like, why the fuck are all these videos? Tom Kiefer picks up the guitar and does a solo because I'm thinking Cinderella is a four piece band of friends. And like, like if I'm Jeff Labar, the lead guitarist, I'm like, why am I doing all these leads and fills? And then the guitar solo comes in. You just jump in and like, oh, listen, my solo. Apparently he does most of the solos, right? Yeah, he is probably more of the lead guitar player than Jeff was. And it was important to him, like a la this video, that everybody knows it. There was yep. going to be no question that I'm the one who played the guitar solo. It's a little bit of the Michael Sweet syndrome and Striper too. Michael Sweet does half the solos, but because he's the singer, he never gets credit for being a great guitar player. And Kiefer yep. did not want that issue at all. Interesting. Okay. That's a, uh, I, I never knew that either. Yeah, that's like your buddy in Smashing Pumpkins. Supposedly, he does everything. Oh, yeah. And he's a fucking, like, like you don't do this, I do this. He does all the solos. He does the bass work. He does everything. Yeah. And then comes out band. and it's like, oh, yeah. 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 And then you're you're a great guitar player. You're the rhythm guitar player. I'm the lead singer. I'm playing the lead guitar. Yeah. Sounds like that's what Tom Kiefer is doing. Um, yeah. And then at one point, there was a snapshot. And I figured it out because I didn't remember the videos. So I saw him later. At one point, there's a close, a close-up of a Carmen apiece bark at the moon look that some guy does that I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And it was I'm, pulled up Beavis and Buddy, like, who the fuck is this butt mudge? I think All I of a sudden that. the videos. Who yeah, the fuck is this Harris. guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. the, yeah. the keyboard guy. Yeah. Yep. You don't see him at all. And then for like two seconds. Three seconds. The, yeah. yeah. The camera just goes on the guy. He's like, ooh, in his pirate yeah. shirt, just like Carmine does in Bark at the Moon video. And ooh. That's another, that's another good point, though, real quick, is this album has keyboards in it, but they're used so I for lack of a bit for, for, for lack of a better word, they're they're it's done correctly. You know, yeah. it's not crazy nights. They're done, and when they when they're used, they enhance what you're listening to. They don't overtake what you're listening to. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't even tell if you told me there were no keyboards. I believe you. Yep. So yep. here's the crazy part: is they've had a keyboard boardist with them live the entire time, right? Yep. Well, in later albums, piano shows up. Mm -hmm. When the piano shows up, Kiefer's playing. Of course, he doesn't yeah. allow the keyboard player to play the piano. Yep. Because he is Tom Kiefer, and, and everything has to be done. By and Tom the, and the if, piano is cool. If, the keyboard isn't. Well, that's right. if it's a central part of the song, I need to be seen as the one performing. There you it. go. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. That's and the only other but thing. But he was I doing a lot of twirling. Right. And the whole hugging himself. Ooh, what do you think? He was Kip Winger. Ooh, look at me. Kip Winger. Yeah. He, he does like a lot of those moves. And one time he did like the motorboat move like Beyonce. You notice that? <laughs> he did it like. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing, but when he's doing those big roundhouse like yeah. guitar thing, because he's long, skinny, and lanky, yeah, dude, it looks cool. 
Yeah, like, he yeah. is. The I don't know about that, but <laughs> no, I, I I think it looks cool. He is a he is a big dude, like in terms of height, like or, or either, either that or it's the nine inch heels on the cover of the album that make him look that way. I can't tell. <laughs> I don't like lead singers being the guitar holding the guitar when I'm not used to them with the guitar. Eddie Vedder, get the fucking guitar out of your hand. So wait, uh, you didn't know that you didn't know that Tom Kiefer played the no, guitar at all? I do, but as a rhythm guitar player. Okay. So I don't want to see him doing leads. Doing and, leads. And, and yeah. here's the other one. Mick Jagger. Put the fucking guitar away. You got two legendary guitar players. No one needs to hear you. No. Oh, look at me. I'm. I'm. A, I can play music. Too. No. Put it away. <laughs> Same thing with fucking Eddie Vedder. I it, I cringe when I see him, and I don't want to see the lead singer come up. I don't want to see Paul Stanley doing solos either. When you got Ace in the band, that's stupid. That's my opinion. Was oh, that why you don't like World Without Heroes? Because of Paul oh. Stanley solo? No, because the song sucks. Oh, <gasps> or I love it loud. Yeah. But that's but but is that a solo? And that's when they really didn't have a band. They really didn't have a uh, a guitar player. I shouldn't say band, but they really didn't have a guitar player in the band. So that makes sense. The only yeah. one thing I wanted to bring up. Go ahead. This is if you remember your childhood, the the makeup on those two twins mm-hmm. with that shade of pink. Do you remember Playboy and Penthouse, like? Flaps would look like that shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. They would have like make that pinkish hue. There's a hue. There's a hue. It was a (laughs) pinkish hue and all those. And I remember the age and I remember the video because that makeup and that those that lipstick. So what do you think they would? So what do you think they would do? They would try to make the lips look like the lips. Yeah. I'm just saying, do you not remember having penthouse and hustler and stuff? And they would be like, there's this thing about flapses. And being like pinkish. I was reading Real jugs. Yeah. And uh and uh what's the other one that's sunny likes shaved? <laughs> Barely legal. That was a good one too. Remember that one? You don't remember the pinkish jugs. lips? Sonny's laughing at jugs. <laughs> Wasn't that on fucking married with children that he would read that? Al Bundy. <laughs> that was like the funniest thing because who fucking because like Playboy penthouse, so like nice, like terms. I'm reading jugs, <laughs> fat tits. <laughs> Here it comes, anal. <laughs> What's this magazine about? Anal. <laughs> Anyways, oh, yeah. Oh, um, and also, Shake Me went to number forty-one on mainstream rock. It was their first single, but it didn't even fucking do anything. Didn't do anything. Yeah. They showed some so, of that pinkish hue chicks. It would have went higher. <laughs> so Cinderella, supposedly, now according to the band members, yep, according to the people that were at the video shoot, it's Jody Warble, and she's also been an actress named Jody Russell. Okay, the Cinderella Jody's, character. Yes. Okay. Jody says she was never in that video. Oh. Wow. <laughs> That's that's an hey. that's an interesting contradiction. You know right what there. that is? You know what that is, Tom? Hey. Maybe it wasn't you. <laughs> wasn't me. Wasn't me. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't you. I looked but right I, at your face. But I looked right at your face. Hey, wasn't me. Was me. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't you. Oh God, I love it. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next track. Thank you. 
Nobody's fool. So I remember the first time I put this cassette on and I'm like, oh my God, this guy's going to do a ballad. After hearing the first two songs, I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. This is going to be Vince Neil, Stephen Piercy bad. Like <laughs> I, I can't, I can't imagine. And I will tell you, Tom is riding the line, but it actually works for me. The pain, because there's like a pain in the vocal. Like if it was a love song, I don't think he can sell it. But because it's more of a fuck off song, right? And when I hear the dynamics of when he says, like, I scream my heart out, dude, I'm like, oh my God, I guess Brian Johnson could have sold a song if it was written this well. And then the volume swells before the second verse is great. That one hit on the snare before the solo starts dude i wait for that hit every fucking time what a simple earworm and they're just i'm just so so surprised that they pull this off because nine times out of ten i would absolutely fucking hate this song but i think it's because of the subject matter that it works yeah uh it's this to me this is, I mean, everybody knows the power ballads, the 80s hair metal power ballads. Most of them are complete and total shit. This to me is absolutely top tier, upper echelon hair metal power ballad. So it's a fucking standout. And Sonny, you said it, and I have this written down. The lyrics, the story he tells, the, the passion behind what he's saying, it's about passion. Um, I love. It's about love. But the best thing, this is this is the song where you where you you hear Tom Kiefer's singing voice. It's not it's not that Brian Johnson growl. It's not that that real kind of crazy shit that he's pulling off. But for you, Sonny, that part that really gets you when he kind of goes into second gear. For me, it's that very first verse when he's sitting there going, "I call you on the phone, but you never get a rise. So sit there all alone." When he says it's time you realize the absolute growl that comes out of him is incredible. And then you go into the chorus of nobody's fool. And I'm like, I'm so on board with this band right now in this song. Fucking standout song. Did he did he say realize or is Exactly. Like there you crazy go. Word it, 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 it's, it's, it's amazing. Crazy word I'm not your fool. And, oh, and, and then I love the background singer singing. Nobody's yeah. fool. Nobody's fool. Oh, fantastic. The part of uh, Sonny Pooney will be played by Tom Gelati this episode, because <laughs> all I've heard you do is praise, praise, praise. It's, and it doesn't sound like what you were saying before. Well, we're only three songs into a 10 song album. Yeah. Relax. We got Relax. a long okay. way. To it's a long run. Like Jerry Seinfeld says, the roller coaster. Click, 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 click. <laughs> we, we're up. We're going up. <laughs> okay. Nobody's fool went to number thirteen on US one hundred twenty five on mainstream rock. It was the second single. Another like misty buildup. Oh, it's creepy. What are they going to do? Oh, I'm getting scared. It's like that love kills from like the Nightmare yes. on Elm Street, Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> Not like <laughs> that's a different one. That's a different sound. <laughs> that's a ripper sound. Um, I like the build up to the solo and then. Oh, it's awesome. There's something that they do 
about, and then this must be Tom because he comes up with this stuff about like putting silence in spaces between instruments playing like pauses and then guitar and drum throughout this album. And it fucking works. It's perfectly timed. It's not too long. And he does it just like right before the solo. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm used to the song. If anything is fatigued for me, it's this, but I hadn't oh. really listened to it that much recently. So I liked it again in the beginning, but I quickly got, okay, I like it. And I like, I mean, the lyrics work, you know, he, he counts the falling tears <laughs> that fall, fall from his eyes. That's right. Out eyes. of his eyes. Out of his- <laughs> Eyes. Eyes. And anytime someone says like like uh an imaginary a thousand years, it makes me, it reminds you of that whole Michael Jackson thriller of a thousand years, like that imagery and that the way you make it sound like oh, it's forever, it's an eternity. So you feel it. He he makes it work. I don't know. I I I can I think he can make it work. And I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Vince Neil ballads suck, but home sweet home. Is uh, probably the greatest fucking ballad I in the hair metal era. I, I love Home Sweet Home. Oh my god, I love Errol. Home Sweet Home. I, I don't like Errol. Vince Neil's voice on home, a lot of his Home stuff. Sweet Home is it was a fucking, fucking epic. brilliant song. Yep. Oh my Errol. god, <laughs> terrible. terrible. <laughs> Anyways, let's go to the video. Anybody? All right. So obviously, the twins are walking back. To the car because they never got it's not the, the same twins is it i think it's the same twins but it's not the same chick it's not the same cinderella yeah but i no, think it's, it's, the like it's the same twins no the the, the chick gets uglier the cinderella chick gets uglier yeah yeah, yeah. but uh it's the same twins it's I the same think. twins yeah it I is think. i think yeah. yeah yeah well cinderella then, now looks like fucking uh mcfly's mom what's her name that actress from there? leah thompson yeah yeah <laughs> Nice outfit, yeah. Cinderella, yeah. walking around like that. Fucking Jesus. Kiefer, all right. He's kind of playing part rocker, part Dio. Oh, yeah. Part overly dramatic vocal, <laughs> right? I guess he's kind of serenading this chick, and then she feels like she's got to run away or whatever. The part that's really distracting in this video is Eric Swain. Oh, I, yeah. The video, like I had to stop watching the video. It's seeing Ooh. Eric Swain is Ooh. is very, very bad. <laughs> unsettling. Um, yeah, very unsettling. I thought it was the There's Kiss concert out. confetti that was floating around throughout the whole uh, video. <laughs> and it was interesting. Kiefer said in an interview, they didn't tell us it was going to look like Mars with newspaper flying around. <laughs> nice. Okay. I do like um, the fact that the I, I like the fact the video was kind of a continuation of the first one, you know, with the with, absolutely with, with, with the like that the that's that to me that's like brilliant video marketing. It's like oh yeah, the, the, the stories, you know, and there's one, obviously one more video. Poison? To, but, you mean like poison? They do with their videos exactly. Yep. Yeah, but this is more because technically Cinderella is going home because it's about to strike midnight. That's why she was looking at the clock. Yep. And right. then she comes back as her ugly self. And Tom's interested anyway. <laughs> back as her role. ugly self. <laughs> hey, we need an ugly chick to play this role. <laughs> she comes back as a podcaster. Um, <laughs> yeah, and she's wearing like some grandma nighty. 
Like, I don't understand that. What the fuck is that? Look like the look like the lady from the Titanic's outfit, the grandma lady that she's running in the streets with. The fuck? She can't put something nicer on? Edith Bunker trying to get all dirty. <laughs> Whoa, Archie, stick it in my ass. Oh, Tom Kiefer, oh boy. Oh, Jesus, Edith. You're banging the Cinderella guys. Oh. <laughs> there, that's all it takes. <laughs> Yeah, that's all. why is he, he bunker getting tag team by Cinderella? There we go. What did you think of me? I have no idea where that came from. Sometimes I get alarmed the way my brain works. We're talking about Cinderella and hot chicks, and Edith Bunker pops into my head. Why? Oh, Tom, you're getting frisky. I'm going to wipe off that lip sweat. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else about this video? It's good. (laughs) It's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, The the lip sweat's in full effect. Yeah. Big time. And then that that part comes in and they both swing in the guitars. Yeah. Around their necks. They like, that's the first time. And I'm sure other people are doing it. But from videos and me as yeah. a hair metal like teenager at the time, that's the first time I saw that. I thought it was yeah. like the that's first time thing. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I first it time I saw thing. it. And then they would choreograph it when the guitar drum breakdown. They bolted at the same time. They would, ooh, I want to see the yeah. outtakes from that video. I'll be like, oh, I, oh, I think I think Tony was trying to do that shit in the bedroom. I think he had his guitar oh. making holes fucking everywhere, and yeah. then he forgot he had to have like locking guitar strap nuts, otherwise that shit flies off. <laughs> and then I think he was practicing that shit. I was gonna say, and then Stevie Vai took that to the fucking upteen thing in uh, oh, yeah, Yankee yeah. Rose. Oh fucking yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Yep. All right. Nothing for nothing. Let's go to the next one. Okay, so we got a few guests here. So we got John Bon Jovi on background vocals. We got this guy, Barry Benedetta, on lead guitar. And if you don't know who Barry is, he was in a band called Wasted with Pete Way from UFO. Yeah, Barry actually died earlier this year because of COVID, by the way. Oh, shit. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. That's like the Off third the- That's like the third person from them together. Because wasn't Gary Corbett part of them, too? Yeah, it was. He was. So that's like the yeah. third person in the last couple yeah. of years. Yep. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, upbeat song after a perfect ballad, right? Uh, so that works for me. The riffing of the guitar is absolutely amazing. The accents of the music are perfectly timed with the melody. 
that little riff between the second and third line of the verses, wait for it every time. It's just like that snare before the solo in Nobody's Fool. And the chorus totally catches me because it's a very Paul Stanley type chorus, right? That call answer type, which we find in a couple of songs that are coming up too. And then, dude, I love that lyric. When you see your face in the mirror, does it look like the end is getting near it? Like that, yeah. for a guy who dropped out of high school, that works. I mean, it works. Yep. So it's yep. Uh, to me, it's a great song. Yeah, I love the riff. Awesome riff. Um, really cool bridge. Like you said, the chorus is really cool. I like it too because it's a little bit of a, so far you're on the fourth track and you've kind of gotten a nice sample of, of what the band can do and what Tom Kiefer can do vocally. We talk about track, you know, track listing and track order a lot. And it, to me personally, it matters. I mean, you started off with night songs and you went right into the crowd. Please. It was shake me pulled back with a supremely awesome power ballad. Now you got this kind of a mid tempo kind of, kind of a dirty riff with an interesting kind of different kind of chorus. Um, yeah, I like it. I mean, so, so far they're, they're, I mean, those first three songs to me, I'm putting way up here. Nothing for nothing is good, but it's, it's a little bit kind of a, a couple steps down from that, that first little trio of songs, but it, it's, it's a good one. The riff is great. So I'm going to come on, on this on sunny side. I fucking love this song. I've always loved this song. There's a few songs that, uh, I, I, I basically, for me, I will call it a trifecta of underrated, very similar, fucking hooky, awesome choruses. Okay. And there's three of them. And this is the first one. The riff is awesome, but the, the, I, I can't even explain it. The, the pre-chorus is so fucking great and catchy. Now you're talking words and then boom chorus you know what i mean that pause again that little earworm boom nothing for nothing the chorus is fucking awesome um and then they go into the second verse boom silence and then the song the lyrics get pick up again um and then at the end he at one point he screams out he does a little james brown hey <laughs> Um, the solo is decent and then into it. And I'm starting to pick up on it. A second solo, which leads me to think like the styles are a little different. Are they doing like an iron maiden? You take half the solo. I'll take the second half. It's a 33 66. Cause Kiefer's got to win. But what about the other 1%? Uh, nobody does that. Those <laughs> okay. are, those are the breaks, but <laughs> it seems like Jeff, does Jeff do all. I mean, cause if they're playing live, I'm assuming Jeff would be doing all those guitar fills and lead playing until the solo uh, uh, 50 because it always seems like he's playing rhythm in any videos or anything like i see i mean um tom is and then jeff does that and then when it comes to solo get the fuck out of the way i'll pick up the guitar and do the solo uh anyway um the solo like i was saying is decent and then back into the course love it and it's a nice little outro on this song too this song is very very catchy Last song, track uh, on side one.
once around the ride. All right. So this one's going to come with a story. Okay. Cause they opened with this song in 2011 when we saw him at the silver legacy in Reno. So me and tone and his ex-wife are at the show and we notice there's a lot of bikers. It's like mid September, late September. It's like, why are there so many bikers at silver legacy? Well, I guess there was a shooting slash gang war earlier that day between like the hell's angels and Mongols. Okay. And I guess all these guys were in town because of the warrant Cinderella show and hot August nights kind of ending. And these guys were in town, right? So show starts, Warren opens. Well, we start hearing rumors. Tom Kiefer's sick. Oh no. And we're like, fuck. If Cinderella does not get on stage, this shit is going to get ugly quick. Right. Because you just got bikers pounding beers for the last five hours waiting for this show. Yep. They came on stage late. Tom was not okay. Like he was sick. Dude, new respect for the guy that day because he was sweating out all his sickness that day. I ain't <laughs> ever seen him sweat like that before. That was a new level of, that was fourth <laughs> row sweat. Not just second row sweat. That was fourth row. Luckily, nice. we were like in the 10th row, so we didn't really get that. But great show. But yeah, I, I thought we were going to get killed that day. Um, the song. The guitar tone, melody, feels like Shout at the Devil to me. And Vince really? never pull off the song. But it's got that kind of that crunch. And then when you get to the riffing, though, it feels a little more priest. And when it gets to the guitar solo, it feels a little more priest. This is when you kind of start realizing if this is your first, and it was my first time listening to Cinderella, it's like, is Kiefer going to be able to do this shit live? Like, he is crazy with the voice. Like, is how long will he be able to do this the rest of his life? Now, he's proven out to be, he's done fine with it. All that being said, the chorus is kind of meh. And I don't know if you noticed, but this is a fifth song in a row that faded out. There's been no hard stops in any of the songs yet, which is fine. I guess that's an Andy Johns thing, but the chorus on this is, I wish it was better. Yeah. I'll start off just by echoing that the chorus. That's what I had. There's there's no real chorus except him screaming the title once around the ride. Yeah. Um, But that being said, I I love, I love the groove of this song because I love that, that main riff. But then when, when Tom sings the verses, there's a, there's another riff. And then at the end of each line, then it goes back into that main riff. And I love that kind of exchange. It kind of keeps the song interesting. Um, yeah, no real chorus, but I, I think that that's to me, the thing that, that kills this song from being like an absolute, like five star, because other than the, the issue with the chorus, I think this song rips. I, I, the, the, that, that, the way that that riff goes back and forth between kind of being like, uh, you know, a little, a little extra thing after each verse. I think I, I really like that. I, th- I think that's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, once around the ride, give me a better chorus and I'll love the whole song. All right. Once around the ride. Um, I think this is ACDC again, fast Cinderella. I would call this. There's another one coming up like that. Uh, and this reminds me of flick of the switch by, uh, ACDC. I don't know if you know the song, uh, that riff that AC did. Dan, 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 dan. Same thing, except this is actually a little quicker, not as bluesy. Um, Brian Johnson vocals, dual guitars. Um, the guitar fills on this are pretty good. Solo is pretty good. And so is the outro. So mm-hmm. it's a good, decent song. Um, 
other than that, I, I don't have a problem with the, the him screaming the title. It's it is what it is. It's not Psycho Circus. That's all that matters. So it's pretty much the same thing. It's just that, screaming the song title. Yeah, but he, the way he sings it's a lot better. It's more. I don't know. It just it just it's better sounding for me than okay than that. But let's go to the side two track one. Hell on wheels. So, you know, we were kind of talking earlier about is Tesla hair metal, is GNR hair metal, is Night Ranger hair metal. I'm telling you, if this band was named Damien and the cover was like solid blue, they wouldn't be hair metal. And the songs would still fit the name and the album cover, right? This, because this song is like somewhere between Aerosmith and ACDC. Great backing vocals, simple chorus, great harmony. I don't have a fucking clue what Tom is saying, and I don't care because the melody's so good. And I love that musical interlude from the guitar solo back to the chorus. And this is where you kind of get an idea of, all right, these are the Van Halens, the Cinderella's, the Van Halens, the GNRs. They cut their teeth in the clubs before they put this album down, and they had these fucking songs wired. And that's why they sound so great on... Uh, tape because they're probably practicing these songs for two, three, four years. I, I think it's a great song, although I have no idea what he's saying. All right. I guess this is the first time that we disagree here because this to me is this is the first song on the album where I'm like, eh, eh, it, it's, it's, it doesn't do anything for me. There's again, there's no real chorus. It's fast, but I don't, I don't, a band like this, a blues-based band like this, I don't want to hear this from them. If you know, once they're on the ride is fast, shake me's fast, but shake me is like a party anthem. This is too sped up for what they're what they're good at. Like you said, I have no fucking idea what Tom is saying. This it and it's uh it's yeah, this is this is my first big uh meh, I guess. I I I I guess I'll use the the curse word. It's to me, this is like filler on the album. All right, Hell on Wheels, Fast Cinderella back to back. I fits like a glove is what I think of when I think of this. Really fast and uh, just picking up, throwing words out that I'm like, huh, what? Whoa! Uh, you have to read the lyrics to understand what the fuck he's saying. Uh, the pre-course is great, and um, that whole part where it's, we've had enough of the raw deals. I love that part of the section. The gang vocals on Hell on Wheels is awesome. It sounds great. I love the chorus on that. I think it's it. And the solo is pretty decent. 
overall, it's a decent song. It's not bad. It's nothing great, but I think it's pretty good. I'll take it. Um, now let's go to the third single. Next song. Somebody save me. So to me, sister song to shake me. I like the start has that little build to the first verse. And then I kind of like that first little solo riff. I absolutely love the harmonizing in the back of both verses, right? Soon as he says that third line, Eric comes and harmonizes with him, which is awesome. The lyrics are interesting because I'm not sure I'd love hearing about like my wife wants my life insurance. Okay. I got that. <laughs> Am I to believe that he had a job, but he was living in a tree? Like, why did he get kicked out of his tree? Why is he living in a tree house? How old are you? Right. So that part kind of then makes sense. I can forgive all that because it is anthemic. And this song absolutely kills live. The energy around this song when it's played live is more energy than shake me in the crowd. This is this probably was not their most successful single, and it's probably not their most popular song, but live, the Cinderella fans absolutely love this song. Yep, I remember this when I saw Cinderella, um, this this being played live and them killing it. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, awesome riff. Uh, the groove of each verse, I, I love the core. I mean, this song, like you said, great, great way to, to describe it as a sister song to shake me. Um, shake me is a little bit more party upbeat anthemic. I mean, the lyrics to this are, you know, I mean, the poor guy got kicked out of his tree. I mean, come on, you feel bad for him there. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's for, again, I keep saying for people like us that are into this music, there's a reason this song is, is a hit. It's popular. Uh, it's, I love the core, the chorus to me, like just sticks out the breakdown with a little bit of the little solo there. Um, I mean, it's somebody save me. We've been, we've been hearing the song for, you know, 35 years. It's a killer for, for a reason. So this is the third single. It made it to number 66 in the hot 100 37 from mainstream rock. And the, the, we'll get to the video part, which is kind of the big deal from this song, at least for me, nostalgia wise, um, for the time at the time when this song came out over time, other songs have overcome this, but I loved this song especially the opening guitar riff you got you got and it looks like tom playing the guitar and then jeff coming in with the lead fills over it oh 
I love it. And then that double up um, uh, uh, the uh, vocals on put your money in a big house and then back to Tom alone and she'll collect your life insurance. I think Eric is helping him out on that. And then she goes back to it on the second verse. We're running in a circle. And if you ain't quite workable, those double vocals are awesome. The harmonies on that. Uh, and I just remember, oh, my God, he said shit. <laughs> oh, oh, it's crazy. I mean, back then as a teenager, I thought that was great. Uh, I thought the lyrics were cool. It's a fucking very good written song. And if you think about it, and we call this hair metal, the epitome of hair metal, all the lyrics so far are decent. They're not. Yeah. Okay. They're not life altering. Not Bono or Sting writing some or song Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, writing some song about the fucking rain tree. Farm. Yeah, that's all, and, it, and it's also not Meet Me at Jimmy's Bar and Grill. That's or dinosaurs. To, that's what I wanted to get to. Now I know you're going to tell me that they have other better songs, but it's not Cherry Pie. It's not fucking Number One Bad Boy. Like the the songs are decent, and the lyrics are decent. Yes, they, these lyrics are the solo is great. The pre-chorus is great. So is the chorus. Um, I, I think it's a great song and it still holds up well, you know? Yep. So let's I get agree. to the video, the third video of theirs, along with their segment. So go ahead, Sonny. You want to lead us off? All right. So I like the video, but I got one major, major issue with the video. All right. So the part that I like, you know, it's cool that it's in. A recording studio. I like it. That kind of goes to, all right, do it again. And they're trying to probably get a live feel. So they kind of go to a live clip. And then when the song ends, it comes back. And of course you got John and Richie at the end and the polka dot twins are like passing up the guys to get to John and Richie. All that's great. Here's my problem. The first thing the radio, the video says is 1985, somewhere in Philadelphia. There's 90 fucking people at this shoot. Nobody realizes that Jeff Labar is wearing a 1986 Poison cover album shirt. Well like done. nobody said nothing. Well done, Sonny. Oh, yep. shit. I didn't, I didn't pick up that. I didn't pick I, up I, that. I, I, I fucking yep. hate that. Wow. See, uh, here's the problem. See, that's a great pickup in terms of the date. Yeah. My big thing is why the fuck are you wearing a Poison shirt? I don't give a <laughs> shit what year it is. I don't care what year it is because they Why both came from Pen- that because they're Pennsylvania boys. And oh. I think they're, they're familiar with each other. Yuck. But I do love again, the third video with the, with the, the Cinderella chicks there. And I, 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 I do think that was kind of a nice little tongue in cheek, little nod to John Bon Jovi by having the girls run past them and, and, and go to them. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. Um. All right. So the other part to this video the bums in the beginning. Oh yeah. <laughs> the keyboard guy shows up again in the video. <laughs> yep. But yet when they come out, he's nowhere to be seen. No, yeah, he is. He's out. in the hallway. He's in the hallway. Is he? Yeah. He's in the hallway. I thought I didn't recognize. I didn't see him in yeah. that. He's there. He's there. Okay. Now that's not Andy Johns as the producer. I'm assuming. Right. Oh, in the booth. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think he's wasting but his time I don't know, in the video. I don't know what Andy Johns looks like, so I have no clue. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of this is the, um, you know, they go back to afterwards the song, they do it in the studio, and then they go to the live footage. And the live footage, 
that's the sweaty Tom Kiefer that is like all <laughs> like all grossed out and just fucking drooling and sweat everywhere. Splashing around. Yeah. There's a lot of choreography going on in this video. Oh, a yeah. lot of it. Yeah. And uh, which leads to another, and I'm not sure, and probably opened up this episode, and that would be the Beavis and Butthead talking about this video. And then like, bum, 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 when the girls are walking by. Yep. And they fucking are relentless on this, like talking about how like, oh, we practice our moves every day and a kick and a one and a two, like all that shit, Uh, the, the hairdo. They look like that guy looks like a cheerleader, the poofy hairdo and the fucking, how do you get your hair like that? Yeah. Make it, they go to the, they go to the barber, like make it poofy, but keep the length in the back. <laughs> and I used to say that shit all the time when I go to the barber back there. Yeah. Keep the length in the back. Keep the length. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hilarious. And, <laughs> um, and then just when John and Richie show up at the end, it's just bad. So what'd you think? He just sounds like an idiot. Oh yeah, yeah. The, 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 the acting is not very act good in a video. Like, yeah. Yeah, hey, well, yeah, you go out hit with this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking terrible! Ah, <laughs> oh, got a couple more songs left, boys. In from the outside, so you got John coming back on background vocals. I love the groove blues riff in this. And, you know, you pretty much figure out by this time, Night Songs is not a party album. Like, it's got more edge. It's got a little more guts. You got to remember Poison came out about the same time. But th- that album didn't really take off till a year from now. This one's probably 100% Aerosmith. This is Aerosmith if they got Brian Johnson as a singer. Um Forever, I thought the lyrics were, me and Bobby Blass got a little ass. I don't know who Bobby Blass is, and, uh, right? But for, I, don't and I still sing it that way, even though I know the lyrics aren't that way. Yeah, go with reason, your own. Yeah, right? Because it got stuck that first seven or eight times you heard it, so you just yeah. kind, of get, kind of get stuck there. That last probably 75 seconds of the song fits oddly with like the first three minutes. So it kind of feels like there was some piece of music that they're like, yeah, we'll just put it like at the end of this song. It's fine. And then I don't know if you noticed after five songs that had fade outs, we got three songs in a row that ended abruptly. So I don't know if Andy's doing that on purpose or if that just kind of happened. The song's okay to me. Um, It's the guitar tone is amazing. Whole album. 
but it just even on these songs where I'm not super into, it's just like, what is it that's keeping me listening to this fucking thing? And it's the guitar tone. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when I first heard this song, I, I know this came out in 86. So it came before the two songs that it reminded me of. But the very first thing I heard of at that intro, I heard of Walking Shoes by Tora Tora and Poison Ivy by Faster Pussycat. The way that little that little sleazy blues riff at the beginning of the song. And then when he starts singing, it reminded me at the very beginning of Bang a Gong by T-Rex, how he's kind of like singing very like kind of underneath. And then he kind of kicks the kicks his growl into gear. Um, it's a cool song. It's, it's very different from the rest of the album. Cause it's got a little bit of, like you said, with Aerosmith, it's got a little bit of that, like blues. There's a little swagger to it. You know, it's not as like balls to the wall, like hard rock and like somebody saved me or shake me or whatever. Um, it's pretty good. It's got a cool solo. Um, I like it cause it's a little bit different. It, it kind of stands out, um, you know, as something a little bit more than you've heard from the other songs, which is either kind of like a power ballad or kind of like a real hard rock and riff tune. Um, it's, it's okay. I mean, I, I like it cause it's different, but it's, uh, it's, it's okay. All right. I fucking love this song. And you know that the growl that picks up, I've heard it said, and I've tried to listen, and I think it's accurate. That's Bon Jovi opening up. Hmm. That's John. That's not Tom doing the coming home voice and then getting into the louder growl. Somebody correct me if they're Cinderella fans or not. That's John Bon Jovi singing it. That's why everyone's like, oh, he does that. And then all of a sudden the growl picks up. Well, he does do the backing vocals on this. Yeah. So it's pro- yeah. So I think that's what I heard someone say that I was listening for something, looking stuff yeah. up, love the fucking riff. And again, there's a in from the outside that that fucking space that they put in between. I I love it. I love it. The riff is great. Um, the, uh, the I talk about the sudden stop and then chorus in from the outside and <laughs> a little ass. Three or four times a day. I don't know. We could go off on a tangent on this one. Um, that lyric is awesome, but you ain't getting three asked three or four times a day. It's <laughs> it's a fucking. I don't know. It's it, it's a great fucking lyric in the middle of a deep cut on this album, and the outro is just like an extended outro. I think like a little almost like secondary part of a song that they were probably trying to do. And there's like, well, let's just extend in through the outdoor, but I like it. It's not bad. And then the guitar, really somebody's fucking noodling there at the end. It's doing a pretty decent job in from the outside. Yeah. You said into the outdoor, you got Zeppelin on the brain. Oh, in from the outside, (laughs) in from the outdoor. It's all the same thing. Don't ever confuse Cinderella with Led Zeppelin. Well, I don't know, but if I would fucking pick in through the outdoor better than this album. So I'll be, I'll oh be honest. My. That's a whole separate episode right oh, there. I don't know. Anyway, um, I love this song. I told you about my hidden trifecta. This is song number two. So we already got the first wow. one there with nothing for nothing with choruses and catchy choruses and stuff in from the outside is a second. Uh, let's go to the second to last track.
push squared, AKA <laughs> push, push. Um, okay. So the story, Tom was mentioning it. Gene had approached Kiefer and s- told him that Cinder- Cinderella would be perfect for polygram. So Gene wasn't really actually trying to sign him to his own gig. He was trying to get him on polygram. That's right. Yep. Uh, yeah. I should have said that. Yep. Tom told Gene, no, thanks. John comes and tells Tom the same thing. And oh yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. That sounds good. Cause it sounds like Cinderella couldn't get arrested between 83 and 85. Yep. And John saw him at a club one day and I absolutely loved him and uh, then helped him get, it's also possible. Tom maybe saw Gene as a has been and John was doing well. That's right? exactly so right. Like, I'm maybe not going to listen to that guy, but I'll listen to that guy. I hey, Gene, know. didn't you just sing trial by fire? I'm all set. I'm going to go with John Bon Jovi <laughs> over here. <laughs> Even though I like trial by fire, but so push, push to me is gypsy road. Part one. It's basically the same guitar riff. Right? And I love gypsy road too. So don't get me wrong there. Love the pre-chorus. The chorus again is very Paul Stanley. Love the main verse and that chorus riff. Totally groove. You got another great guitar solo by Barry on lead guitar, which I don't understand why you needed a guest lead guitar player. But uh, maybe they didn't get the chops down. Maybe that was an Andy Johns thing is, hey, I'm going to come do this, but uh, I got to have this other guy on standby. If I don't like the guitar pl- uh, guitar play- parts these guys are doing, I don't know. But one thing about this whole album, as we're getting to the end of this thing, the bass and drums are there. And we talked a little bit about like the snare pierces through the mix, but they're not really taking it away from anything that's happening with the guitars or the vocals, like the melody and the guitars is aces here. Pretty much anybody could be the drummers for, well, anybody was the drummer. They basically <laughs> went with three right. people, right? Right. Um, so it doesn't really matter because that isn't what this band's all about. And I like that the bass and drums aren't distracting from everything. Push, push, push. This song fucking rips. Oh my God. I don't know how this was not a single. I don't know how this was not more popular the riff and the way that those drums are just the drums combined with the riff of this song. And that we've talked about how awesome the production is on this. This song just fucking rips. I love the chorus. Tom Kiefer sounds amazing. Top to bottom. This song is just amazing. And the thing I love about this, we talk about this when we do our, our, our kiss episodes. I love this because you never hear it. It's not a single. It's not a video. It's not any collections. It's just such a deep cut um, killer. Awesome riff. Awesome groove. Everything about it. Top shelf for me. Push, push. Um, for me, this is number song number three. Unbelievable chorus. Great riff. Yeah, Sonny, I had the, Sonny, I had the same thing. This basically becomes so, uh, this basically becomes a Gypsy Road, right? Uh, yep. I, I've heard this played. And I think I've told you about this. This gets played at hockey games. And That's I've heard it. I've heard it at Detroit Red Wings when they've played the Bruins and the Bruins have played them uh, in, in Detroit. I've heard him like, dude, is that fucking push push? It is. They play it. Um, of all the songs to play from Cinderella. Somebody's like, this song fucking rocks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, nice solo guitar fills are awesome. Just a fucking fun, awesome riff. Awesome chorus song. Great song. Yep. Let's end it.
Back Home Again. So this one to me is another Shout of the Devil type of song. Um, not a bad thing by any means, but it's got that feel to it. I like the way Tom's kind of telling the story and he knows how to write a catchy song. There's, there's no doubt about that. The problem I got with this song is the actual chorus because that no, 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 and the go, go, go before the choruses is actually better than the actual chorus is. But the guitar accenting through the whole song is awesome. And again, Barry does not only a stretched out solo, but it's blistering. And I kind of like the fade out at the end with it feels like the record's kind of skipping as it kind of yep. fades out. Cool way to end it. Andy Johns obviously knows what the fuck he's doing. Like he's got the resume he's got for a reason. I don't know why he got hooked up with Cinderella, but I think that helped out with this album for sure. Yeah, I've said this before about certain albums, whether they're Kiss or ARC. This is what you call landing with a thud. Uh, this is not a good song. You, This is literally nothing for nothing, but a worse version of it. If you listen to this, the beginning of this song, when the main verse kicks in, I'm like, wait, I just heard nothing for nothing. Oh, that's back home. Because you can, you can sing nothing for nothing. You can sing that to this. It's, it's in the, again, no chorus. Just I'm back. I'm back. Like fucking relax, dude. Back in the saddle again. Bingo. Thank you. That was one of the next things I was going to talk about. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. This is, this is one of those songs. There's a, we'll get to when we do rankings and stuff. There's uh, I have really got nothing, nothing. This is probably the only song on the album where I really don't have anything good to say about it. It's just the guitars sound good, I guess maybe, but ah, it's a dud for me. Back home again. It's a storytelling song. Yeah, I don't read the lyrics. Don't tell me stories. But, well, he's talking about his music career and how yeah. he left his home and what his family. You read the lyrics. You're like, oh, damn, this is a pretty good song lyrically. Um, yeah, this is back back in the saddle, Aerosmith. I'm back, back home again. It's the same thing. Um, it, it's you know the the lyrics aren't bad, but the song kind of treads along. It's not a bad song. I just, I'm not, eh. this eh. is the definition of your, uh, Sonny's meh. Eh. It, it is a meh. Eh. Yeah. So that's it. 10 tracks, Cinderella. Who wants to lead us off? I will. Um, all right. So like I said, I'm just graduating high school. I'm hundred percent into rock, hard rock that's coming out. I wanted to be in the music business and you know, thanks to guys like Tom Keeper, you obviously don't got to be the best looking guy and you don't have to have the best voice on the planet. So it seemed doable. I just didn't realize, you know, you had to have songwriting ability and, you know, some musical talent. So musician didn't really work out for me. To me, Night Songs is by far, it ain't even fucking close, the best Cinderella album. This is just like Rat for me. They go completely downhill after this. Cinderella would not be, it, it's not on my top 100 band list. Cinderella isn't because after this album, I barely listened to Cinderella. Um, that being said, I would say this is really close to a desert Island album for me. No doubt. Yeah. So the thing about this album is, uh, it's one of those albums where it's, I don't know if you ever had this experience when like, there's a movie that you grew up like loving in the idea of the movie is so great. And then you watch the movie as an adult and you're like, 
Like Godfather? Uh, no. <laughs> Hawk, be like, the- Hawk the Slayer. I'd be like, yeah, I don't know if that movie was that good. Like Rambo? I, I, how dare you? I think I had this problem with this album. Like, oh, yeah, Night Songs. That fucking album rules. I used to get in fights with Zeus. But, oh, it just blows away Long Cold Winter. Fucking Night Songs. Yeah, I don't know. This After spending a lot of time with this album, it is literally 50-50 for me. Half of this album is awesome. The other half of this album, probably one of the worst things you could say about an album, it's boring. Half of the album to me is boring. And the other big thing it suffered from, we talked a little bit about this when we did Back for the Attack, Dawkin with Tony. I'm like, wait, what is this? Hell on. Oh, no, this is this is back. What song? What did I just hear this song? It it just starts to sound like the same. The tracks that stand out on it stand out. That was heat. No, even he had more variety than this. No. Yeah. These, these a lot of have these you, songs. Have you listened to ACDC? Yeah. Which yeah. is why I which is why I like Bon Scott ACDC, because everything sounds way different than Brian Johnson ACDC. Because he can use his voice differently. And the songs were different. It was a different band. Brian yeah. Johnson is a one-trick pony. He's doing it one song. That's it. Yep. yep. Um it's a, good, it's a good it's a good album. It's a very, very good album. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not shitting on the album. It's just I think I thought it was better than it was. I actually grew the album grew on me just like uh when we did uh Once Bitten. So mm-hmm. when I when we did that, I'm like, shit, I actually like this better than I remembered. I like it. This is fucking incredible. Wow. Uh I, this song, this album, I'll probably go to it again more. And it's not for the hits. It's for those that trifecta that I fucking love. It's got, uh, there's not a bad song on here, which is a big thing. And we, we have fucking tons of albums, albums that I rank high that have fucking my world and yeah. all sorts of fucking stupid shit on it every once in a while. That's the one thing you can say about this album. There's nothing really bad. And that's everything a, yeah, that's a good, good. Point. And yep. that's, you know, it reminds me of uh, Bon Jovi's album. Over time, do you see how much Bon Jovi's debut album has gone up and up? Because there's nothing really bad about it. Now, you might say there's not really that catchy. I love the songs, but it reminds me of this. All those songs are very similar. All the songs here are very similar. These are more the ACDC version of the band. Then they get into a little bit, this whole little bluesy thing they start doing and changing their sound and changing their stuff. Did it work? I would say it worked on Long Cold Winter. It's still a successful album. They didn't alienate their fans. Um, it just, you know, the music uh, changed. The uh, yeah. the industry changed for them. But uh, overall, I like the album. And uh, it's one of the better hair metal albums out there. And I think it actually still stands the test of time. And it passes. It's not fucking. All right, here Look we go. The cat dragged in. <laughs> Into well, actually, there's not too bad. There's a few good songs on there, but it you know, insert punch bag fucking hair metal band in here. I don't Bangalore know. Choir. Let's <laughs> let's do that one. God, no, you're right. There's no there's nothing to skip on. There's nothing where it's like, oh, that song's terrible. I gotta skip this. It's not. It, it's not that. So or that, embarrassing, right? Then that's something to be said because a lot of these hair metal albums have two or three songs, and the rest of it is trash. So th- yeah. that is not the case with this. And I here's agree. a good one. It's not like. Kingpin or something. What the fuck is what's Kingpin? That was a fucking hair metal band. Kingpin? I remember oh. the movie. 
the movie. Yeah, me too. Was, I love the movie. Not the Marvel guy or the whatever the fuck he is. Oh, Kingpin. Yeah, from Marvel. The big bald, the big bald guy. My son said I look like Kingpin. <laughs> Shout out loudcast with Kingpin and Zeus. <laughs> Kingpin. <laughs> That'll be uh, it. Well, uh, let's get to the part that we love to fight about, and that is ranking these tracks. What's the order this time, boys? And I don't care. Sonny, you start it off and then I'll go. All right. So today, my number one and two are locked. My number 10 is locked. Three through nine would depend on the day. Okay. okay? But my number 10, the lock, is my guess, Tommy's number 10, back home again. <laughs> yes, that is the lock for number 10, back yep. home again. Yep. All the way through. Okay. My number nine is once around the ride. Ooh. Uh, my number nine, hell on wheels. Uh, I'm going night songs. Number nine. <gasps> Ooh. Okay. My number eight. Nobody's fool. Oh boy. Wow. Uh, I got in from the outside at number eight. All right. All right. <laughs> um, I think between these two, um, once around the ride has the worst of the choruses. So I'm going to go once around the ride. All right. My number seven is night songs. Mm. I have nothing for nothing at number <gasps> seven. No. Nothing from nothing. Leave nothing. Oh yeah! I always think of Eddie Murphy. Nothing. That, that song rocks. Yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking of the Eddie Murphy when he does it too. Oh, yeah. Nothing from Love nothing, it. leave nothing. <laughs> I had to do something. Motherfucker, <laughs> punch you in the mouth. In the wall on poverty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Billy Preston. How do we not say that during the song? I just yeah, thought it just no. popped into my head as I'm saying it. Nothing <laughs> from nothing. Dude, Billy Preston makes Oscar Gamble look like a the tiny throw? afro. Yeah. Oh, the f- oh my God. Oscar Gamble. <laughs> yeah. Oscar Gamble couldn't put his hat on his head. That baseball card of him with that hat on, and all you can see is the <laughs> boom. Well, reminds me right. of our buddy Hideki Matsui <laughs> with his huge watermelon head and his hat. Every, never- every single time he tried to track down a fly ball, his hat would just fly off From his like head. That cap. Yeah. was the thing that you get the scoop of ice cream in. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. too small for his head. Yeah. Right. From like 2003 through 2009, like Red Sox-Yankees were like a prize fight. You had Every to watch game. Yeah. Absolutely. And all I remember is anytime we would die laughing, the ball would hit the left field. Matsui would run. And his hat would fly it off with his big head. 
this big medicine ball head. Uh, all right. So the other uh, sister song of Once Around the Ride is Hell on Wheels. It's got a better course. That's why I put it ahead of it. All right. My number, uh, we're at six. Six. So my number six is In From the Outside. My number six is Once Around the Ride. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. You got to figure this out. I'll go with Nobody's Fool, number six. Oh. Uh, my number five is Hell on Wheels. Oof. My number five is Somebody Save Me. Wow. Yeah. What the fuck? This is, this is where the album cuts in half for me. The top five and the bottom five. Here's mine. Shake Me. Ooh, at five. I thought I was bad with Somebody Save Me at five. I, I said there's not a bad song in this album. Yeah. So, I, I mean, putting that, this five is not because it's an insult. Okay. Uh, my number four is push, push, because, you know, you push, she cries, and then you push, and she cries again. Wow. That's offensive. <laughs> uh, my number four is nobody's fool. Number four for me. Shit. I don't think that's on. Is that a bonus track? Well, th- that's on here. Oh, it's back home again. Oh, it's back home again. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I'm going to go with somebody save me. Okay. My number three, shake me. My number three is night songs. Wow. Yep. All right. Number three. Now we got to figure out this trifecta. Which one's the better song? Um. I will go with number three being um, in from the outside. My number two is nothing for nothing. Leave nothing. nothing. You got to have something. My number two is push, push. Uh, Number two for me is. uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with nothing for nothing. Nothing for nothing. Nice. So that makes my number one, somebody save me. And that makes my number one, shake me. And that makes my number one, need a little push, push. Yeah. All right. Three different. All right. So the top four, number four was nothing for nothing. Number three was somebody save me. Number two was shake me. And number one was push push nice wow. so the question is are we going to go with a poll that does not have nobody's fooled in it Ooh. well we yeah. can't do that we can't you we can't put, we you got to put those three songs together and then what's the fourth yeah you got to put the singles the, you got to put the three singles and the fourth one could be i mean where did you have push push sonny because zeus had it one i had it two yeah, Push Push was our collective number one, so it's got to be the fourth. Oh, okay, so there's the fourth one. Easy. So the three yeah. singles and Push Push. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Yeah. That's easy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, right. All right, so we're going to move on to actually ranking the covers. Yes. So you want to n- run down all the song- albums we've done, Tom? Yes, I will do that. This is our 30th album. 
we started with Appetite for Destruction, Slide It In, OU812, Super Unknown, Pyromania, Load, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, Blizzard of Oz, Jar Flies, Winger, Single Soundtrack, Mechanical Residence, Odyssey, Hailstorm, Detonator, Highway to Hell, Once Bitten, Look What the Cat Dragged In, Hotel California, Back for the Attack, 10, Bad English, Down to Earth, Shout at the Devil, Slave to the Grind, Purple Rain, Heat 2, Use Your Illusion 2, and Night Songs. Okay. Want to go through the same? uh, I don't care. All right. So, Sonny, you're off. So, my top five uh, album covers, five is Once Bitten, four is Hotel California, three is Purple Rain, two is Slided In, and one is Peace of Mind. I actually like this album cover, but I've got it at number 12 after below shout at the devil and in front of mechanical resonance, because you know what, even though those four guys look crazy, they put some thought into it and it's a good picture. And I like the background and I like the color scheme and it is what it is. It's, it's, you know, part of the time and, yep. and the shooter, shooter. I love you it. Know, you gotta, gotta give it number two. Gotta love it. Yeah, my uh, my top five are number five, Appetite for Destruction, four, Peace of Mind, three, Highway to Hell, two, Blizzard of Oz, and Purple Rain. Beep, beep. Uh, I'm putting this at number six. Um, right below, Right below Appetite for Destruction, right above Pyromania. And I'm going to tell you why. It's pretty much what Sonny said. I fucking love it. They are going for it in this album cover. It's 1986. It's hair metal. We're here. The colors, the scheme. The smoke in the background, shooter McGavin point at the camera. I love it. It's it it is hilarious, but it's legitimate for the time. And you look at it now. If an alien landed on planet Earth and said, "What were you guys listening to in 1986?" I am holding this up because it is amazing. I love it. All right. So five for me was slided in four. Peace of mind. Three. Appetite for destruction. Two. Blizzard of Oz. One. Hotel California. Where am I putting this? Um, I will put it, and I was just fucking saying what to you. I will put this at number 11. Okay. Uh, under Once Bitten, that girl is fucking smoking hot. I love her. And uh, above Use Your Illusion 2. I know it's, uh, what do you call it? Use Your Illusion 2 is kind of uh, um, iconic for me. But it's not interesting. This is interesting. Say, yeah, it's uh, and I love the graphics uh, on Cinderella, the the title right there, yeah. night songs, and they get the fucking shit going in the background. They look like doofuses, but it is what it is. <laughs> so let's go to album rankings. Doofus, I love that. It's not. It's a word that's not used enough. <laughs> He's a doofus. <laughs> that's what Tom Keeven them look like doofuses. Pointing All at right. the camera is just fucking parody. It, with it, both with guns. Both, it's fucking hilarious. And the other guy's got his scarf, and the other guy's like five foot two, if that, like fucking hand in his pockets or holding his fucking pirate shirt, whatever he's doing. I love it. Amazing. All right. Now the good stuff. Album rankings, Sonny. What do you got? All right. So my top five right now. Number five is the mechanical resonance. Number four is appetite. Number three is slided in. Two's Hailstorm, one is Purple Rain. I am putting Night Songs at number eight, below Back for the Attack, and yes, above Pyromania. 
I would wow. rather listen to this album than Pyromania if I had the choice. You got problems, but that's okay. All right. My top five. I got single soundtrack at five, Mechanical Residence at four, 10 at three, Shout at the Devil, two, Purple Rain number one. Yeah, I like this album, but as I said, it's uh, it's it's 50-50 for me. I'm putting it down at number 19 for me. It is going to be below Slide It In and right above Hotel California. Night songs at number 19 for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's tough. We keep we say that for me at least. We say this all the time. I mean, I mean, I have OU eight one two at twenty three, and I like that album. You know, I mean, why? Because it's awesome. <laughs> it's a great album. <laughs> oh God, I love OU eight one two. That album's terrible. It's not. It's terrible. about it's about as terrible as what you think of the album cover. <laughs> which I, the album cover which, is a which, fucking disaster. <laughs> Still to this day, it's it's well, it's it's now third to last. It got, it got bounced by Bad English and Detonator. Bad English. It's just a photo of the band. I don't like that's lazy. I want if you can do a photo of the band, do Cinderella. Do it's, that. Like, it's just like look look at these butt munches. It's like that's what you're basically saying. Like it's a photo of them and the doofuses. Like, I don't want to oh, see that. Oh, you went to it. It's a bunch of like class photos. Like with the shadow, it's terrible. Oh god! Terrible. But if I, John Waite would have been blowing the smoke out of his yeah. fingertip, no, oh, it would have been number fifteen. If John Waite was doing this with the finger pointing, <laughs> or if Jonathan Kane had his fucking lion tamer whip with him, or if he Jesus. had his if he had his guitar, you know, <laughs> rock out with a guitar. <laughs> All right, my number five is back for the attack. Four appetite for destruction. Three pyromania. Two blizzard of Oz. Number one hotel California. So where am I putting this? I'm putting this right above detonator and underneath down to earth. I'm putting this at 18. Well, oh, I thought it was actually going to be a little higher for you. Wow. I like it. But then, uh, you know, the problem is like once bitten has grown on me so much. I love that album. And, love and I'm like, that album. And I'm mad at myself that it's at 15. And then the, you got the you, Bon Jovi album. It's not better than that for me. And then you got the grunge stuff. There's no way Super Un is better than Super Unknown. It's not better than the single soundtrack, not better than Jar of Flies. So I look at that way, and it's not better than Slide It In for me. Yeah. Um, so, but it is better. And I like Detonator, but I mean, this is a better album all around. Cool. So, well, after this, we go into this. Just sounded like allow myself to introduce, introduce my name is Richie Cunningham, <laughs> and this is my wife Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you make me rock hard. Anyone? I can go if you want. I'll start this one off. Kick it off, brother. Hey, what's up, brother? Hey, what's up, Eric? How you doing? All right, so I I am picking, and I'm surprised nobody has picked this yet. And uh, Tom, I thought you would have picked it yet. And that is the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, nerds. Uh, 
I, I, I got off to a slow start. Like I didn't watch it right away. I don't know why, but maybe it was busy or something, but I didn't watch it. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I watched it and I fucking zoomed through it. I loved it. Yeah. I, oh, don't, yeah. I don't understand like, oh, well, it's not this and that. Are you fucking kidding me? You people like are so over the top. This the storytelling was awesome. Like the fact that they make it seem like it, you could think that Lucas did this back from the 70s to the early 80s. Yep. But it doesn't look stupid or way over the top like Phantom Menace. Nope. And the starship. Why are those spaceships in the fucking the X-Wings, whatever, look way better in the past than what Luke is driving flying now? That's stupid. I just think it's a it's uh the storytelling was great. That whole thing with that creature that fucking Luke killed in uh, Return of the Jedi, how the they Sar- found us the, the Sarlacc pit. Oh my god, that thing was awesome. It it took a strange detour where a couple episodes I'm like, dude, is this Boba Fett or is this it's just the the Mandalorian? Mandalorian. Yeah, Yeah. I'm like, like, did somebody say, hey, this isn't doing that well? Add the Mandalorian into the script. Like, I have a I I had that discussion with my son because we watch every Star Wars show together. And he, he, I mean, the book of Boba Fett is pretty much a bridge series, anyways. Yeah, and it builds up. And I like the fact what they did with Boba Fett, I like the whole story behind it. Yep. Um, I like the characters in there and I like that they expanded a lot of the Star Wars universe. I'm not one of those people that get the fucking books and knows the what do you call it? The, um, of the canon. Story. Yeah, I, I don't like the canon and all this shit. Like, I, I don't know. But like the whole thing about that bath thing that they all do to get healed up again. And even like the whole Tuscan Raiders shit. Yep. That they, you know, expanded that storyline and stuff. I tell you all the time, I could watch Star Wars doing an episode on RTD2 taking a shit. Like, I will find that entertaining for me. I'm good with that stuff. And this series did that for me. It was a fun, good series. Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand how if you're a Star Wars fan, you had a problem with this. I don't get it. And I mean, it's like, it's it's almost like it gets like um like a B to B minus. Like, why yeah. isn't this a fucking A? What the fuck are you asking right. for? Well, because what did we always say? Kiss Star, Star Wars, Wars and, and wrestling. wrestling fans. That's it. Yep. Fucking love to be miserable. I enjoyed it. I think it's a great series. I think you guys should look into it. If you like Star Wars, I hope you caught this. And now that whole fucking Obi-Wan previews just dropped. Oh, shit. That's going to kick off over at Creatures Fest. So I don't know. No! My, my, I son, my, my son is pissed that I'm not going to be here to watch the first episode with him. No, I can't watch Jericho wrestle while being at a kiss convention in the star. Obi-Wan's on. That's a fucking trifecta of nerddom. That's true. Right? Wrestling, Star Wars, and kiss. All the bitching groups are all be in one location. A rest fucking rest star kissed hard. There you go. Exactly. What do you got, Sonny? I never got into Star Wars. Oh. And I never got into wrestling for some reason. I never got into wrestling. One. I like Jericho. Love but I love it. I love yeah. it. Jericho's a great guy. I don't. Yeah. Did you see that, the thing it. I sent you recently about him being the wizard? Have you seen that sign? Yeah. yeah, yeah he's a wizard. And he's throwing fire. He's just, he's entertaining. God bless yeah. him. He's yeah. fucking entertaining as all fuck. Yep. So uh, I 
have been watching this new HBO series. It's possible you guys are watching it too. The win- Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers. Oh, Dynasty. I haven't started it yet. Yep, I, no, I know. No, but it. I have been meaning to. Me too. Yeah. So it's based on a book called Showtime, Marie, uh, Magic, Kareem, Riley, and the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty by Jeff Perlman. The first season uh, primarily deals with the season of 1980. So Magic Johnson has just joined the team. Um, and there's several storylines going on. So you got Jerry Buss, who's buying this defunct team that isn't making any money. You got the transition in happening from Jerry West as the coach to Pat Riley becoming the coach later on. But Jerry West is portrayed like this emotional, uh, raging asshole. Yeah. Um, you got uh, you got the brash rookie Magic trying to fit in with the team where Kareem is the absolute leader and captain. You got the whole Magic Larry Bird competition going because they started the same year. I'm a big fan of the 80s Lakers, so the the series totally brought me back to my teens. The guy playing Larry Bird is not a handsome man, and he comes off (laughs) like a total asshole, right? Just just plays it up really well. Some actors here, if you haven't seen it yet, John C. Riley's playing Jerry Buss. Amazing. Quincy Isaiah goddamn looks like Magic Johnson. It's amazing. Uh, Jason Clark is playing Jerry West. Adrian Brody's playing Pat Riley. Jason Siegel's playing Paul Westhead. Like, there's some Sally Fields, Jesse Buss. Like, nice. there's some names here, right? Yeah. So it's doing well. But the problem is Magic doesn't like it because he's being portrayed as this overly sexed up, will fuck anything that moves guy. Well, that obviously, is going to transition to well, get sick. Well, well. <laughs> Well, facts are facts. Kareem is saying the whole thing is uh, deliberately dishonest. Jerry West is like, I'm suing you guys. You guys are being cool. It's a fault depiction. And if you don't get rid of this shit, I'm taking it all the way to the Supreme Court. Period. And HBO is like, it's not a documentary, dude. Right. It's a drama piece. That's right. Right. We're sorry you don't like it. That's too bad. TFB. But I think they wanted to say exactly what you're doing here. It's helping. Is, it's not helping. You're basically right. confirming the exact guy that we put on TV. They just got picked up for a second season. I'm telling you, this is worth the watch. Nice. It, they do an amazing job with it. Good. Awesome. Well, it's interesting because uh, uh, Kareem is such a thought like i hate the lakers i mean I'm, we're celtics oh yeah we're so celtics yeah. people yeah. but i love kareem oh yeah i think he's the most articulate kind decent human being like in the he's, he's so like just i every time he speaks i want to listen it's the closest thing for me to thinking like an athlete is like a muhammad ali like when kareem speaks and he's always calm and he's got a calming demeanor um, I love it. And then I, and, you know, magic, such a lovable guy. You hate that you, you can't hate him. Right. Yeah. He's such a, we got blew out. <laughs> hey, you're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. My dad says you suck. <laughs> well, you try dragging Walton's ass up and down the court all night. It was Lanier. Yeah. Oh, Lanier. That's it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Lanier. And because there, it's a drama, not a documentary. Right. So you got Red Auerbach in it because he's got to be. Oh, I'm sure he's an asshole in this. Yeah, Michael Chiklis is playing that, and he's playing that. Oh, nice! Right, the Greek from Lowell. That's right, Chicky. Mike Mike Epps is playing Richard Pryor because they get him involved. (laughs) They got Maxie Williams playing Jack Nicholson. 
They got oh. this chick named Karina Conti playing Paula Abdul. Nice. They got James Leisure playing Julius Irving. So they're pulling these other people from the same era. That yeah. has to do with the team, but they're making a great story out of it. That's awesome. Who's nice. that? Athlete Dan says, looks like Mike. Oh, Mike Tomlin looks like Mike Epps. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. No, 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 no. He looks like Omar Epps. Omar Epps is the the comedy guy from from Friday. Mike Mike Tomlin is Omar Epps. He's the same guy. Pretty much. Yeah. And you'll be surprised. Solomon Hughes, who plays Kareem, dude, looks a lot like Kareem. They did a good job with the cast. That's awesome. They really did. I'm going to watch it. I I, And it sounds like um, you made me want to watch it even more. So that's yeah. great. Nice. All right. So I got a, a Netflix documentary. Uh, just came out at the beginning of the month. It is called The Sons of Sam, A Descent into Darkness. It's a four-part miniseries, true crime. So it starts off with the story that everybody knows about the son of Sam, the son of Sam crimes in New York City in the late 70s, David Berkowitz. Uh, everybody knows that, the son of Sam. This is called The Sons of Sam because after... The documentary talks about the capture of David Berkowitz. It then shifts gears to this investigative journalist guy named Morty Terry, who spends pretty much the rest of his life trying to prove that David Berkowitz did not act alone and that he was actually part of a cult that may have been connected to the Manson family. It's fucking unbelievable. Never, ever in my life have I heard that David Berkowitz did not act alone. Everybody, you know, the story about how he was called the son of Sammy because he thought his neighbor's dog was talking to him and all that crazy shit. And he did a bunch of TV interviews in the 90s. This guy and he has the goods. He has the goods on this stuff. And you know, I don't want to get into too many spoilers, but he goes to the NYPD with this information. Um, it's really, really, really interesting, especially when it's a story that I never knew even existed. So it's the, called the sons of Sam and it's on uh, Netflix, four part miniseries. Each episode's about, um, maybe a little under an hour, but if you're into that stuff, true crime, really, really a good, really good watch. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Well, Sonny, where can we find you besides creatures fest? Creatures fets is going to be fucking awesome. I can't, it's going to be insane. Cannot wait. Yep. Cannot wait. And I, I can listen to this five hour episode on the way there. And it'll be just <laughs> as long as my drive. So that's exactly fun. right. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, grown up rock.com, uh, podcast rock city every Sunday. Uh, you know, we're still going strong. So all is good. Awesome. Good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah. And then, so we're shouting out loudcast. If you're listening to us for the first time with this Cinderella episode, uh, we are a all kiss podcast. We drop new kiss related episodes every Saturday. We do these album review crew episodes with Sonny uh, once a month. Uh, everybody rotates a pick. I have next month's pick. Uh, this was our Patreon pick. They get to do one. So it goes Patreon, me, Sonny, Zeus. Uh, I think that's the order. And uh, you can find us at shoutoutloudcast.com on our website. And you can email us at shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. And of course, on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're out there. Look for us. Let us know what you think of Cinderella night songs. Yeah. And I always tell people they can reach out to us on DM on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube YouTube. channel and uh, give us one of those five star 
child reviews, which we always appreciate. And uh, check everything out from our website, shoutitoutloudcast.com. Shoutitoutloudcast.com. There you can find many photos of Sonny's handsome face with us, right? And uh, if you need to email us, which we do enjoy the emails uh, a lot for this show specifically, because uh, a lot of the stuff we have to find later on, these episodes get to be three weeks old before the next one. So emails are always preferable. Email us at shoutitoutloudcast uh, at gmail.com, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. And uh, we will see everybody at Creatures Fest. Yeah. But before we go, we have some famous last words, lyrics from this album. Sonny, want to lead us off? I'm getting ready. The love's looking steady. It's getting sticky. I thought she might miss me. She looked at me and said, I need a little push, push. All right. Mm. All right. Riding to the east and riding to the west, sleeping all day, but never get a rest. Looking at the time, stand still. It ain't right. Living for the moment. Time to get it tight. Settle down, slippery lips, Kiefer. (laughs) (laughs) I need a shot of gasoline. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, Sonny already kind of quoted this, but I got to I got to hit it. Uh, Everybody's got opinions, but nobody's got the answers. And the shit you ate for breakfast. Well, it'll only give you cancer. Nice. On that happy note, Tom, thank you. Sonny, thank you. Loudcasters, Kiss Army, thank you. We will be at Creatures Fest. We'll see you there. Always a good hang. I'm going to go eat some cinnamon toast crunch for breakfast. (laughs) Oh, God, of course you are. Great time, as always. Uh, We love you guys out there. Thank you, Sonny. Always a blast. Zeus, as always, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. I think this is going to be stupid. <laughs> Who the hell is this butt munch? <laughs> okay, you guys, let's do one more. Why is the this dork is- here? I'm a little bit. I'm like behind the scenes at a crappy band recording session. Yeah. <laughs> Guy's poodle hair. <laughs> These guys probably like went to supercuts and said, "Could you just like make it more poofy?" Yeah, yeah, but but keep the length. Don't want like poofy on top and then long and straight on the side. Yeah, yeah that would look really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so like, did you ask the barber to make your hair poofy too? <laughs> Shut up, buddy. My hair is like this naturally. That's how come I'm cool. No wonder you're such a wuss. Shut up, buddy. Kicks like it. That guy looks like a cheerleader. All those years of hard work and practice in the garage finally pay off when you see the looks on those people's faces out in the audience. These dudes are like, look at me, I'm kicking. 
look at me. I'm twirling my guitar around and wiggling my butt, see? <laughs> just like we practice. Yeah, look at me. I'm shaking my hips and kicking just like we did at practice. <laughs> Oh, man. That's it. That's it. Oh, I'm glad that's over. Yeah. (laughs) Check it out, though. They're not stopping. (laughs) So what do you think? You think we got a hit with this one? So you think we got a hit? Oh, boy. Uh, Oh, that was funny. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, they went to Bon Jovi. <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 